What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Treffler. That is right. You are listening to not only Shreff's return, which is highly anticipated. We've missed him dearly. Uh, as a, We'll be talking to Shreff every week, and you guys know what that means. That means football season is back next week and that's very exciting stuff in its own right however you're listening to the 200th episode of the hogline podcast folks we oh. made it to number 200 i don't even know if chef realized that till right now nope. this is news to yep. me we're we've hit the 200 mark and i could not be happier I, I whenever i started this i had no I would say I, I would I would be very surprised if I made it to 200 episodes. To be honest, I did not expect to be doing this for four years, four plus years, and 200 episodes in. Um, and it's been a great ride, and we're, it's going to continue to be a great ride. Um, so very special episode, and and this is one of my favorite episodes of the year. We have our extensive NFL preview. Not only this could be the longest episode of Hogline history, so we're breaking all kinds of records here. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited. Football is what's today, August 30th. By the time all of you are hearing this, probably the 31st, probably or the first. So that means football is about well, it's from today, it's nine days away, and you know, by the time you're hearing this, probably a week. So we're almost there. Any any opening remarks from you guys? Welcome back again, Shref. Um, before we get into it, we're going to get to every single team. We're going to try to keep it to a minute per person per team, so it's not a five-hour episode. Um, but yeah, anything you guys want to say before we get into the teams here? I want to give Shref the floor. Oh, thank you. Finally. Um, okay. Uh, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be back. Uh, I feel like it, I feel like hopping on this podcast really is like the like the kickoff to football season. So I am I'm pumped. We got pit football playing in a couple of days. So it, I mean everything's starting to kind of come together all at once here. But I am I'm very excited to to be on with you boys tonight. Yeah, it's I got butterflies in my stomach. We're right back. I can't wait for more. We probably won't be getting any Teddy Bridgewater rants this year, um, but we'll certainly be getting some Eagles rants of the weeks for sure. 
probably hero. I'd say I the acronym. Yeah, we're probably going to. It's probably going to be more positive. Hopefully, yeah, for sure. We don't want to jinx anything. We don't want to. Yeah, right, I'll I'll just stop talking. I'll stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get to it when we get to the NFC East. Um, you know, later in the episode here today. Um, but I am ready to get into the divisions. Is there any particular one you guys want to start with? Let's start with the AFC East. Okay. AFC East. Now, how do we, we haven't really decided exactly how we're going, we're going to do this. Should we do, like, how are we going to read how the standings of which we have and then go into each team or go one by one? Like, how, like, what, we'll what would you guys like? Order to do? of last year's finish. And then at the end, we'll reveal what our record prediction is for each team. Okay. So don't say the record as we're talking about each team is what you're saying, correct? Or maybe should we, and we should can. Lead off with, we should lead off with record. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll say yeah, that as we're talking argument. about each team, as we're talking about each team, we'll, talk, we'll say the record. Um, okay. So, so, with, so with that in mind, and starting with the AFC East, we'll start with last year's AFC East champion, the Buffalo Bills. Coming off a heartbreaking loss in the divisional round of the playoffs to the Kansas City Chiefs, losing 42 to 36 in Arrowhead last January. The Bills open up as the preseason Super Bowl favorites. I think they're 650. Does that sound about right? I think. I don't know. It's something around that. It's around six to one, if I'm not mistaken. But they are the favorite amongst pretty much every book you could find. Um, well, I, I guess as we're saying, we're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna fine tune this process. We have thirty-two teams to get to, but well, say your, I say yeah, like, say your record for the Bills. Let's start. Okay. So, yeah, I think I think record should should kind of lead it off, and then we give yeah, our thoughts so about Mitchell why. Mitchell, start first with your record of the Bills. Okay. Should I say my record and my like one no, minute just or your record? Okay. Record, record, record. Then discuss. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. I have the Buffalo Bills. Having the best record in the NFL at fifteen and two, lofty. It is lofty. Complete compliance with you. Fifteen and two as well. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Um, I also have them at the best record in football, but that would be at thirteen and four. Okay. All right. So not too far off. I think they were eleven and six last year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think I we all have them as the best record in football, and pretty easy to say why. I guess I'll go into with. I again, I don't really like. I was telling Shreff before we start the record button. I just have like two bullets per team, like two to three bullets per team, kind of saying how I think their season will go. I don't know if you guys, you guys can kind of. You know, fill your minute up with uh, other stuff. Yeah, we'll but I think just you know, I think the offense is going to live up to the expectations, which I feel like they already do have very high expectations, and they're just going to be firing in all cylinders. Um, and I guess I'll say this now: it's going to be a very, very, very early spoiler. I have Josh Allen as the unanimous MVP. Not just winning it, but he's going to get all the votes. I think his season's going to be undeniable, and it's going to be like 
a Mahomes 2018 or a Lamar 2019-esque season where it's, okay, everyone knows this guy's winning it, you know, pretty much the whole entire season. Where last year we saw, you know, Brady get some, like, hype for MVP. Rodgers ended up winning it. Even Joe Burrow snuck into the conversation. I think from start to finish, everyone's going to see, yep, Josh Allen's the MVP. And their record will indicate that because they're going to go 15-2 and according to me. Who's next? Um, yeah, I I'll go next real quick. I I don't have much to add. Like they they have little to no weakness everywhere. Um, the only thing that I could say to um point out a weakness: Tre'Davious White announced today he'll be starting on the pup slash IR. I forget which one, but he'll he'll be out for the first four weeks. Um, leaving their second their corners kind of thin. Dean Jackson, a pit man, is kind of uh he's he's solid, but that's his tough responsibility to take on, like Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson in Week One, just to name name a matchup. But at just beginning of the season, I think they'll be fine. I mean, they're probably the best safe, one of the best safety duos, and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer to help uh, make up for that. So, yeah, this team is it's just. From top to bottom, it's it's just very, very, very strong. No, no, uh, point out any secrets there. Yeah, um, I agree with everything that was said. Jack kind of looked at the defense a little. Um, there's a few guys on offense that I'm really excited for with this team. Not even considering Josh Allen, um, Gabe Davis, kind of kind of showed out at the end of last season, and I think kind of going into the beginning of last season it was like uh they knew they had digs but who else is going to kind of step up and give Allen some more options to throw to um Davis certainly did that and then Dawson Knox also had a very surprising uh, surprising season um so I think those two are just going to keep kind of doing what they've been doing and then you also add James Cook into the fold out of the draft um you now kind of have like a somewhat of a of a three-headed monster now with him uh, Singletary and Zach Moss. So, I mean, we've said it. I mean, we, we all have them as the top record in football, and because of how just well the roster's constructed, you can argue they now have, I mean, arguably the best QB in football. And, I mean, it, this is this is a team where anything less than, like, the one or two seed in the conference would probably be uh, considered a letdown for them, especially considering their division compared to other divisions is not as strong, I would say. I think anything less than a host, uh, holding up a Lombardi trophy at the end of the year is a letdown for their season. Well, yeah, I agree. I, I more just meant finite, like regular season. Like they, they should be right. steamrolling through going into the playoffs here. Yeah, yeah, good point. I agree. All right. Well, we'll be certainly talking about Buffalo a little bit later um, as we get into the playoffs because I think we all have them as the one seed in the AFC. Um, so second place last year in the AFC would be the Patriots at 10 and 7. Um, I have the New England Patriots finishing 9 and 8. 8 and 9. 7 and 10. Oh, wow. It got worse and worse. Um, so I guess I'll just say I... You know, just off first glance, and like if you just asked me how many games I thought the Patriots would win, I would probably say eight. Um, but we did go game by game here. 
Um, shout out to the NFL playoff predictor website. Very helpful. Um, and I, you know, so like I said, I, I would think they would win less. However, I just I had a, a nine games with the schedule. And I don't know. I think, in my opinion, looking at this roster, Jack called it a, a over the weekend, not not on air here on, on Hogline, but he did call it a bottom five roster in the NFL, I believe. Um, I think their defense is going to be a liability this year. I think it's going to be very uncharacteristic of a Bill Belichick-led team. You know, you really only have... I, you know, Matt Judon's really the only name that kind of excites me on that defense. There's really not much going on there other than him, in my opinion. Quietly going to play pretty nice. Uh, they have a very good offensive line. I'd say it's still a top 10 unit. And I think Mac Jones is going to play well. I think he's going to play efficiently and limit his turnovers, have a slight improvement over his um, his rookie season, in which he did pretty well. He was, up until Jamar Chase kind of rounded out his already good season he was he there was a point last year where mac jones was you know in the running for rookie of the year is what i'm trying to say but i think they i don't know i think their running game is gonna be strong i'm not super high on any one of them individually and fantasy wise but i think as a unit they'll be good running the ball and i think hunter henry is gonna have another solid year at the tight end position and Devonte parker is a nice addition i just think they're gonna have a lot of pieces that are going to come together and their offense is going to be better than people think it is. However, I think the defense might be a little bit of a problem. They're going to finish right around 500. Devontae Parker there last year? Mm. No. This offseason. I think he was, but um, that's that's like the only addition to this offense and team as a whole, you could say, Devontae Parker, and that's not really something to be too excited about. Um, I don't like Mac Jones as a player. I, I think he's like a mediocre like game manager, and that's Ooh. it. Um, the offensive line, fighting words. The offensive yeah. line is fine, as Mitchell said. Um, my biggest concern, the loss of Josh Daniels, and he also took their offensive line coach as well. Uh, I think that's pretty significant to the offensive line, and to Mac Jones' development. Um, he doesn't really have an offensive coordinator. It's a combination of like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who are a defensive-minded head coach and former defensive coordinator, and also a special teams head coach, former. So I have a lot of question marks about the uh, the offense, and then Mitchell said it. The defense also isn't good. That Judon is the only notable, in, in my opinion, and I think yours as well. And I stick to my, my claim at the bottom five roster. The only reason I have them at eight wins because I respect Belichick too much, but I think this could be the beginning of the end for Belichick. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a little more in line with Jack than I am with Mitchell. I think, I think if if this if this team was coached by anyone else other than Belichick, I might only have them at like maybe five wins this year. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, I think a lot of people still have kind of a hangover from the Brady years, where when he was there, it didn't matter what weapons they had; everyone knew like, oh, he's going to make them better. And 
I'm not as bullish as Jack is in terms of saying Mac Jones isn't good. I I think Mac showed a decent amount of promise last year. Played some played some good games. Like def, as you said, Jack game manager. Like probably not a guy that's gonna like go out there and win you football games. But the flip side of that is like if he's not gonna win you football games, he needs he needs weapons to go to. And uh, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Devontae Parker. I don't think is a group that is gonna be able to provide that for him. Um. And then, like you guys both mentioned, the defense is just I, um, I know you said Matthew Judon was the only guy. I uh, Christian Barmore, the D tackle, um, I think he has. Well, I think he has some promise. But like, I mean, like you, I'm, I'm looking at their roster right now. I mean, you have Jalen Jalen Mills is Jalen Mills your number one corner. That's bad. Yeah, it's just it's him and Jonathan Jones, I guess. Um, it's just it, it roster is just so bad and. It's at a point where when you, if you don't have a Tom Brady at the quarterback, I don't know how much Belichick can do to save this team from being a, a middle-of-the-pack type of, type of roster here. All right. Well, I feel like we're – I mean, I guess I'm slightly higher on them, but – We're all on, on, this, on a similar page. It's yeah, similar. we're within two yeah. games, so. Yeah, we're right there. Um, moving on to the third-place team of last year, the Miami Dolphins obviously went through a lot of changes this offseason, bringing in Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead, most notably. Uh, head coach, new head coach, and Mike McDaniel. They finished 9-8 and eight last year. I have the Dolphins, evidently, finishing 9-8 and eight once again. I got them at 8-9, and nine and I don't love it. I also have them at 8-9, and nine and uh, I, I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, Shreff, we'll let you go first because I've, I've gone oh. first the past two times. Lovely. I appreciate it. Um, so to start off, uh, I would actually argue for me personally, maybe my favorite head coaching hire outside of one other guy, but um, everything I've seen from Mike McDaniel so far, I'm really I'm very promising, I feel like. Um, I think the type of offense that he's going to be running there is something that has been proven to work under Kyle Shanahan. So uh, it just comes down to having the right pieces in place. Um, as far as Tua goes, uh, I would say I'm still out on him. Um, I think he has some potential, but I think there's still a lot of accuracy issues and just like deci- uh, decision-making issues that are still going to have to be worked on. Um, but I'm very excited to see the running game. And I'm also hoping that they kind of want to use Tyreek in a similar role as like Debo is used, where maybe he's getting more like tar- like maybe more like backfield work where he's like maybe they're sending him on sweeps, things like that. But I'm just hoping that Mike McDaniel is as smart as I think he is. And I mean, eight and nine, it obviously isn't like the most impressive record ever. But uh, I think this is a team that if they show some positive signs, I think next season you're looking at a at a at a very solid team. Fair enough. Jack, you said you don't love your eight and nine projection. Tell us yeah. why. Well sure if you also had an eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I think I don't think Shref said anything really negative about the Dolphins and Not I agree. All. Which is why um I don't love my eight and nine prediction. Um like the only way I can justify like I said I only have positive thoughts about the Dolphins in my head, and I only have eight and wins and a losing record. The justification I could have for that is that like there's a lot of new pieces there, and it'll take maybe a year to get it all together. Yep. Um, 
guess the only thing I wanted to bring up is uh, maybe a knock on Mike McDaniel is what is he doing with Mike Gusecki? Uh, you guys saw, I'm sure you saw reports that he's been, his role has been changing as like he's not going to be involved in the passing game as much. Which, one, Mike Gusecki can't block. Two, he's like one of the best pass catching tight ends in the league. So I don't know. That's very confusing to me. I think he was rumored to be in trade talks, but it doesn't look like it's going to be happening. Uh, so that's a question mark because I, I don't know. That, that kind of baffles me because he's a very good offensive weapon. Tyreek and Waddle, and we all, I think, love Edmonds in this offense. Yeah. Um, Toronto said, and this defense, um, yeah, there's a lot of pieces. Sheriff mentioned some. The secondary is great. Um, one of the best corner duos in the league. And Christian Wilkins and Jalen Phillips uh, on that offensive line, or sorry, defensive line. I, I like both of those guys a lot. So there are definitely pieces here to grow upon in 2022. Hopefully they'll make the leap in 2023. And is would that be too late for Tua? I don't know. The year of in C for Tua, I don't know what would happen if that were the case. If they went eight and nine, probably give him another year, I guess. Depends on how he plays, obviously. But just looking at the record on paper, eight and nine, I guess give him another year if he's not like horrible. Yeah, so I have them at nine and eight. Um, and I mean, so a lot of my points here are kind of just gonna be projections of how I could see this the the team's season unfolding, not necessarily current analysis. So what I have here for the Dolphins, I think I like what Jack said about all the new pieces um taking time to gel together, right? The way I don't have their game by game analysis in front of me. I kind of lost it. Um I did it this morning and the tab refresh. So I don't have it in front of me anywhere. I do have the records obviously. Um, but I had them starting off pretty slow. I think I had them like even like two and six or something like that. Um, I had them gaining steam at the end of the year, kind of similar ish to last season, uh, where they started off, I believe it was one and seven. They finished nine and eight. Um, not quite that drastic, but I have them kind of playing their best football towards the end of the year as the players start to kind of buy into McDaniel and you start to see more results. Um, I also think to answer your question for Tua Jack. In my opinion, the way I see it going, I think he's going to play just well enough to not be replaced, but it's going to be a similar situation last next offseason where people yeah. are going to be like, all right, we got to see it from Tua. It's going to be like Kirk right. Cousins syndrome where they're just like every year is going to be a prove-it year for him for the next like, like two yeah. or three years. And he's not going to play bad, but he's not going to play like good enough to elevate him and be like a surefire answer, if that makes any sense. So that's kind of how I see it going. Kind of just more of the same. It's going to be kind of in limbo. I agree. I guess last thing of the Dolphins, just off the Tua talk, and I don't want to buy into like this like social media like highlight grab of or, you know like the uh, the two at a Tyreek underthrows of what we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. Like that is a little concerning to me, even though I mean that's like a common take, but like that one of the preseason game, I forget who they played, the most recent preseason game, that it was like a fifty yard play, sixty yard play to to Tyreek. Like, yeah, they connected, but if Mahomes is throwing that, that's a touchdown like ten out of ten times. So yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. the Tyreek's built on the deep ball, and like you. 
Like you think about all of those like Mahomes throws to Tyreek on those deep balls, they're all leading him perfectly to the point where he's catching it in stride. Yes. And if you're gonna if you're gonna be slowing down Tyreek on those routes to come back and try to make plays, it, I just I, I don't know if it's if it's sustainable. Tyreek will make those plays. It's just like oh, you're giving up points there. Like it yeah. could be yeah. Like it's just. It, He's that he's good at adjusting on those, but yeah, like it's just giving up a touchdown. And Tyreek, I, I mean, he he can do it all. Like he you can dump it off to him like across the middle and he'll take it fifty yards. So like he's still gonna be explosive and utilized. It's just that's yeah. an aspect of his game. That big play, that big touchdown ability, maybe I assume will be limited. So yeah, it's gonna be very scheme dependent. Yeah, right. All right. Well, we're going to be moving on to the last place New York Jets of last year at four and thirteen. Um, year two of Zach Wilson, and he may not be ready for Week One. Probably not. Probably will be seeing Joe Flacco in the opener against his former team in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Shreff is less than pleased. I have the New York Jets if I can find it. Five and twelve, improving one game. Same five and twelve. Oh, five and twelve. Wow, we're three for three, huh? What a day! All right, Jack, you have the first word on the Jets here. I don't think you've gone first yet. I haven't. Um, Jets aren't that good. <laughs> they, oh, good solid analysis. I'll give them some shine. They looking at their defense. There's some pieces they added. Uh. I think everyone loves Sauce Gardner. He's had a fantastic preseason. Um, Bringing Jordan Whitehead, cool. Um, and also draft Jermaine Johnson. They had a good draft. I think that's consensus with those two: Sauce, Jermaine Johnson, and then on the offensive side, they bring in Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. So better offensive weapons. I like the duo of Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And Brees Hall is the best running back prospect-wise in this class. However, Zach Wilson got a lot of hype this offseason or off-the-field things, but on the field, he's still like not that good. At least he wasn't in his rookie season, and he's obviously starting off the year hurt, so that's that's not good for him. And the offensive line isn't great. Uh, Makai Becton's out for the year, so that's pretty bad. That's most notably bad for Joe Flacco, who cannot move. So I oh, expect him to get whomped against this Ravens defensive line to start the year. Um, Draft that Ravens D in fantasy. Yeah, so I don't know what else I can say. I think that was a pretty fair analysis of the Jets. They're just not very good as a whole still. I guess there there can be optimism. Reason for optimism being their draft, this their 2022 draft, and Robert Sala. He seems like he's a uh, good, good guy, good coach. Okay, I think that's definitely fair. Uh, Shreff, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I think Jack pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, I do like Zach Wilson. I think like if I was a girl, he's he's probably the type of guy that I want to take home to my mom. You know, um, but. Like this roster, like they're so young, and I think this season it could prove to be like a detriment to them. Which, like, rely like the main people you're going to be relying on this year are all like 25 and younger. 
And, like, I know that it did somewhat work for, like, the Bengals last year, but, like, they also had two, like, top 15 receivers. So, like, banking on – I love Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is one of, like, my – maybe one of my favorite players in the league right now. Um, just think there's – it's just too young. I think that – I think the Mekhi Becton injury is, like, maybe the biggest injury that happened this offseason. Like, that, that injury, like com- like – my opinion, like, completely wipes them out. Um, like Sala, defense just underwhelming. I did, I, in this division, like, it's just it's clear that they're at the they're the bottom of the pack, and I think they're going to be beat up pretty frequently by the by their own division, let alone the other matchups. And like you said, Jack, like week one against the Ravens, if they come out and what I'm assuming is going to happen is they're going to get punched in the mouth early on. It's one of those things where if they start piling up losses early, I think it's going to be tough thing to recover from when you have all of these young guys who are like fresh into the league and losing is just not not going to help the morale there so very much out on the jets this season yeah um i mean clearly <laughs> since we all have the same record prediction i'm i'm going to be uh, in agreement for most of your points there um i do think a lot of the young pieces are going to develop very nicely um however the most important young piece, Zach Wilson, I think is going to definitely hold them back and still be kind of a turnover machine. I see him throwing a lot of interceptions again this year. Um, and I just, I, what you said, Treff, you kind of, you know, called back to when there's a lot, I think it was a mildly popular take in the off season. It'd be like, Oh, maybe the jets could be the 2022 version of the Bengals last year. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. think that was such a lazy take, right. Just cause they're two Very young lazy. teams and they were bad, uh, the year prior, but just the difference is like, you're looking at Joe Burrow versus Zach Wilson. Like that's just, that's the biggest the All you do is look no further than that. And it's just, I think it's yeah. quickly disproven. Like they're, they're just not even on the same realm at all. No, so, so just, just off that, that just disqualifies that take, in my opinion. I thought it was just, uh, I was not a fan of when people were saying that. So, Jets 5 and 12. Um, I don't think Salah is going to get fired off the 5 and 12 season. I mean, who knows? Teams are very impatient these days. So, crazier things certainly have happened. However, I just think that hopefully, maybe they'll realize that Zach Wilson's the, the issue and not the coach. So, they'll, they'll stick with him so we'll see we'll see how it goes um okay that is the afc east and which division shref jack picked the last division so shref what division do you want to go to next i guess in the afc let's keep in the afc for now Um, well there's one team in the north that i know you guys are going to want to talk about and then the west i'm very excited for so let's go let's go with the south okay all right. I mean, every team, every division is going to have some intriguing teams that we're going to talk about. Oh, so, 100%, but uh, we will start with the the uh, one seed in the AFC last year. That feels weird to say. It does feel weird. But the Tennessee Titans, who were twelve and five last year, obviously went through some big changes. They lose AJ Brown, and they bring in Robert Woods and Traylon Burks to try to, uh, you know, at least match some of his production. And um, Derrick Henry comes back. I know he played at the end of last season, but he's fully back now from his injury. Uh, they were 12-5 and last year. I have the Tennessee Titans 
regressing and finishing at eight and nine. Ooh, whoa. I had them at seven and ten. Whoa. Whoa. I thought I was gonna be the low guy in the Titans. Boys. I haven't I haven't won in the division again at eleven and six. All right, so I guess we clearly disagree. Get into it. Um I think I'm up in the rotation of going first, so I will yeah, do and it. You're in the middle, so you go. Gotcha. Um, I mean, again, for my bullet points here for them, I just think that the loss of I know AJ Brown has had his health concerns, right? Um, but I just I don't see Robert Woods, who already wasn't the most explosive receiver. I feel like he's more his game is more of his route running. Um, he's not necessarily a speed guy and as a guy who's in his upper twenties coming off an ACL tear, you'd have to naturally think that at least some of his athleticism is kind of deteriorating at this point. And Traylon Burks, a lot of, um, you know, we've mentioned on the show before, but very low a dot in college, um, does a lot of his damage at or near the line of scrimmage. So I just think with I'm just envisioning all this all the defense is just like keying in on Derrick Henry, and I I hate to say this because he's an integral part of my dynasty team. I just see him kind of I st- I don't think he'll bust. I still think he'll have. I mean he's dominant at the goal line. He's gonna get all the touches. I just see him being his efficiency dropping even further, and I think he might have one of the worst yards per carries of his career this year. And I just think all that together. I think it's going to be too much for them to overcome, and I just see them regressing. And I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't see it. I think they're going to go eight and nine. I assume that Jack maybe probably agrees, and maybe we'll take it a step further. So we'll we'll go to him next. Okay. Um, yeah, no need to echo what you said about the passing game and the web wide receivers there. Um, the offensive line. They lost two offensive line starters to the Bills this off season, so. Uh, there's some lack of continuity there. Um, other than Taylor Lewan, there's a lot of a lot of unproven pieces to the offensive line, and because of the reasons for defense is keying on on the rushing game, um, and for the fact that I don't think the Titans will be up in games, thus meaning they could run the ball more. I think Derrick Henry will also have a down year. Um, and by down year for Derrick Henry terms, like maybe 1,200 yards, like he's still going to produce because how much he'll be relied upon. But yes, he won't be efficient, I imagine. I agree with Mitchell. And this defense is like, isn't good. I don't know. Like, out of sight of Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line, like, there's not. I know, but Dupree, we love. Um, I feel like he had a, somewhat of a down year. Well, I mean, coming off what he did for Pittsburgh in 2020. Yeah, it's a down year, but there's just a lot of question marks on this defense as well. Um, it's not a great roster. Ryan Tannehill, I guess you could say, is trying to play like he's got something to prove. Um, them drafting Malik Willis, but I just don't think he has at this point of his career to like take them over the edge. 7-10. and 10. Yeah, 7-10. and 10. I think Vrabel is a very, very good coach, so he's going to get willed in the seven wins, but I don't believe in this roster that much at all, so there, that's where I have in the seven wins. Ooh. 
I have to fight back on this one, aren't I? Um, yeah. I don't like that I have to pound the table for the Titans because I have a I have a friend who don't want to give the credit of like hyping them up, but I'm gonna have to now because you guys went so far in the other direction than me. Um, so to start, uh, Jack, you talked about Vrabel. Um, I think no matter what this roster looks like, I think Vrabel's a coach, obviously coming from the Belichick tree, where he has this ability to make the other team play their game, I think, a lot of times. Um, you know, like, I mean, I, I get, I, off the top of my head, I can't think about it, but, like, overall, I feel like the Titans aren't normally a team that are getting, like, blown out in games. Like, they, I feel like they tend to play almost all of their games pretty close. Um, in terms of Derrick Henry, I know we're talking about regression, but every single year, every single defense that they play is keying in on Derrick Henry. This is nothing new for him, no matter who they lost or if the offensive line changed. This is this is business as usual for him. Um, I think also, obviously, losing A.J. Brown is enormous. Um, he uh, pretty much solidified himself as, I would say, a, a top 10 receiver overall right now. Um, and we forget that, like, Robert Woods is a good, a good receiver, like a very good receiver. Um, do I think he'll be able to match the production of AJ Brown? Probably not. At the same time, you do you do still. I mean, you have Traylon Burks, who's you know a little bit of a question mark so far, but definitely some potential there. And then uh, a camp standout, Kyle Phillips. I gotta I gotta shout out a little bit. Um, it looks like he's gonna be getting like some some legit snaps for them. So definitely definitely a, a question mark at wide receiver, but I don't think they're lacking talent. Um, and if we look on the defensive side of the ball, I know, Jack, you shouted out Simmons and you shouted out Bayard, but I, I mean, Harold Landry, I think, is, a, is, a, is really good at getting after the quarterback. I'd be remiss to not give Rashad Weaver a shout-out. I think he's going to play some good snaps for them this year. And if we're looking at the secondary besides Bayard, you do have Caleb Farley going into, what, his second season now? Third season? Yeah. Okay. Then you also have Christian Fulton, who I thought uh, performed very well last year, uh, now going into his second season. Um, so I think for me, the disconnect is I think this roster is still talented. You guys might not. I, I think this roster still has a, a good amount of talent. I think the, there's obviously another team in this division that's going to be fighting with them, but I think having the other two teams in your division is definitely going to help. And then... I think Mike Vrabel is a good enough coach where he can still he can still get you to win this division, even if they are missing a few guys from the previous season. Yeah, that's um. Hey, I could really see it going either way because you know the logic in me points to regression. It points to this team being a middling five hundred team. However, the Titans seem to defy odds i mean last year derrick henry is out for what like whatever it was eight weeks or so aj brown was in an aj brown was in another lineup so they didn't have him for portions of last year they fought right on and they prevailed i mean i know it didn't work out in the postseason but i'm saying for the regular season they they were the one seed so and you know derrick henry has been i wouldn't say doubted especially i feel like i don't know if this is just biased because I've had him in our dynasty league for like three or four years. And everyone is kind of always like, this is going to be the year that he falls off the cliff. This is, he's had too many touches. Um, he doesn't catch the ball enough. He's don't draft Derek Henry. He's a bust. And every single time he does 
he proves everyone completely wrong, right? So he's he's like the Tom Brady of running backs in a way of saying just like I know that's that's just keep going. Yeah. I can't I can't I can't say like I mean Tom Brady is like the ultimate exception. However, you know it's kind of it's hard to bet against Derrick Henry, right? Like it's similarly how it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. So you know there's always that component to it where it wouldn't shock me if Shreff's right, but I just the logic in me kind of said, okay, this team is going to regress further. So, um, all right, we'll move on to the second place uh, Indianapolis Colts of last year, who were nine and eight, narrowly missed out in the playoffs. Dare I say, embarrassingly, because they lost to the Jags in the last week of the season. Um, however, don't have the same quarterback. They get rid of Carson Wentz, they bring in Matt Ryan. Um, year three of Michael Pittman, and they also draft Alec Pierce. Also bringing Stefan Gilmore. I have the Indianapolis Colts winning the division at ten and seven. Same. Win division ten and seven. I have them at ten and seven, but in second place. Okay, wow. The, our second team where we went three for three. All of ten and seven. Um my notes on the Colts, I don't have much. I just have I think Matt Ryan, although I think it's maybe in terms of production with Wentz, I feel like it might be a lateral move. However, I think he brings more stability where Carson Wentz's play can definitely be a little bit erratic at times. And I mean, you guys, especially Shref, probably Jack too, have, I guess, their opinions about Carson Wentz for sure. And and I, I don't know. I just think that in my opinion, personally, the fact that he's on three teams in three years where everything was supposed to be this perfect ideal situation in Indianapolis last year, and they ditch you after one year, that really raises some major red flags to me. Save it, save and it for the commander's talk. <laughs> I will. I'm just, it just ties into the Colts. So I just think that they have stronger leadership and more stability, and I think that's going to be the difference that kind of I wouldn't say puts them over the edge. I mean, I do have them winning the division, but it's not like I only have them winning one more game than last year. I think that, you know, if it's last year, Matt Ryan doesn't lose that game against the Jags. So that that that's kind of where I'm at. Jack, go ahead. Um, yeah, no need to uh, echo what you said, especially offensively. Um, just one point, I think Matt Ryan... He's an upgrade, not just a lateral movement from Carson Wentz last year. Uh, defensively, it's one of, a, I think, the most well-rounded defense as a whole. Um, I like their defensive line. Maybe Yannick Ngakwe, you guys know that? Mm-hmm. A couple days ago, I just realized, I, I don't know, I maybe forgot, but um, DeForest Buckner as well. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the league, no doubt. I like their... Uh, inside linebacking duo um, led by Shaq Leonard. And they bring in Stefan Gilmore, who apparently looks like the Stefan Gilmore of old in camp in preseason. So uh, they have pieces all from top to bottom on the defense, which is why I feel so highly about them. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Streff, do you want to anything to add? Uh,. I think you guys pretty much hit the hit the nail on the head. Um, while I don't have them winning the division, I obviously still think they're a very good team. Um, 
at least on paper. I mean, obviously, this offense is going to live and die by Jonathan Taylor on the, this this season. Um, if we get the Jonathan Taylor from last season, and then you add in the, as we said, like stability of Matt Ryan, and just like you know, you can send him out there, and he's not going to like ruin a drive that you have going because of like some stupid like stupid mental error, stupid throw, something like that. Like you, you know, he's going to be solid. Um, very excited to see Pittman like with a QB that's going to be probably looking at him as like a, a number one guy and like giving him consistent targets. Um, yeah. And then like, I, I mean, as you said, like the defense is very, just really well-rounded um, all three levels, just like legit playmakers everywhere. Um, so definitely high on the Colts. Just, I still think the Titans overall, we're talking coaching plus roster, I think still edge them out barely. But I'm very excited to see what they do. I think I think if Matt Ryan shows up, I think uh I think they I think they could definitely win the division. I'm not not saying that it's impossible. Um I think if we get if we get the Matt Ryan that we've come to know and expect, I think that I think this should be a good team. All right. Fair enough. Um We'll move on to the third place team of last year, the four and thirteen Houston Texans. Um, I can't just stop thinking about the the surprise cut of Marlon Mack today and how I drafted Damian Pearson fantasy, and I'm so excited yeah. for him to be a top five running back this year. Um, but that aside, uh, I have the Houston Texans finishing three and fourteen. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. I have them similar, similar, similarly at four and thirteen. We're, we're we're all over the place in this division, boys. Um, I have them. I mean, I'm not that far off. I, I have them going seven and ten. Oh, whoa! I don't see that at all. You? What do you mean that's that far off? You have them over doubling the amount of wins that I have them. Yeah, three or four wins off. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Um. I just think that the the lack of talent on this team is going to be way too apparent. I know Davis Mills is like definitely getting his. He's kind of people saying he's underrated. Um, I think he's properly rated. I don't, you know, he 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 pleasantly surprised in his rookie year. However, the expectations were like there were no expectations because no one thought he'd be absolutely anything. They were so low. That, you know, if he does absolutely anything, he's going to exceed those expectations, right? So, I don't know. I just think this team is not talented whatsoever. I hate Lovey Smith. I don't understand the hiring at all. I mean, nothing against him personally. I just don't think, like, he's a good football coach. I think he's going to be one and done. Similarly to David Culley, which, justice for David Culley, he did not deserve to get fired. That's all I have to say. 3-14. and 14. They're going to be... Um, I think I have them tied for the worst record in the league. Jeff, you want to go next? Yeah, I guess I'll go. Um, you guys are making me feel so bad about my predictions now in this division. I feel like I'm just I, I'm on a different I'm on a different planet than you guys. Um, yeah, for me, when it when it came down to the predicting for these guys, um, I like David, I, <laughs> I like Mills a lot. I really do. Um, do I think he's like a long term, like? 10-year starter for the Texans? No, I, I do not think that. Do I think that he... I, I thought he... I mean, obviously, I think overperformed based on what everyone thought he would have been going into last year. 
Um, so I like the idea of him getting a second season under uh, in, uh, on the same team, similar weapons. Um, Mitchell obviously mentioned Damian Pierce, who's looked like just an absolute stud training camp. And I mean, if we get, we've been seeing, it looks like that gives them somewhat of a running game that they'll be able to hopefully lean on a little bit. And then if we're looking at playmakers on the outside, Brandon Cooks, who like Every year for the past like four years, I feel like has been like one of the more consistently underrated receivers out there. Um, and then Nico Collins has been another absolute star of training camp. Um, I feel like every preseason game, he's been catching like six, seven balls on in like two drives. Like they are, they're feeding that man. Um, so I, I, I actually kind of like their their skill positions. Um, as you guys said, the I mean roster as a whole, we're not looking at the best roster ever. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is a this is a division that year after year, it feels like they they kind of beat each other up no matter what. I mean, I understand that like the Colts situation last year. I mean, you had the Colts lose to the Jags in a game that they had to win. Like this division every single year just like confuses people. I feel like in general, and I don't know. It just for me, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Texans rip off a couple wins. And I mean, I, I'm looking at I was looking at their schedule too, like. You have a game against the Bears. You have a game against the Giants. You have a game against Washington, and then you still are playing the Jags twice a year. So I mean, like, there's there, there's wins to be had on this schedule. Um, Jack, not bad points, Treff, but like, they gotta win all those games that you just named. I understand. Um, I disagree with more Mitchell said, except um. Sorry, uh, except for his Lovey Smith slander, because yes, I, I agree with him at this point of of his uh, coaching career. I don't think he has it, but to say he's not a good coach, he once had it. He once had it. He brought that. He was a yeah. He had it when you were seven years old, Jack. Yeah, now you're married, and I know. I, I get it. Yes, I just want to recognize his career accomplishments. Lovey Smith is cool because he has his name is Lovey. Um, True. I guess the only point I'd address for Shrefs, I agree they're skill position players in Damian Pierce, Brandon Cooks, and Nico Collins are all intriguing in their own right. Um, but if you compare trios for all thirty-two teams, I'd oh, that, yeah. I I haven't done it. I'd that I imagine that's still like twenty-third is my guess. It's like yeah, it's not. Right and Davis Mills isn't a quarterback and elevate talent. Maybe he can. He's just still young, and I don't think he can do it at this point in his career as well. Um, there's not enough there. I wouldn't be surprised if Lovey Smith is a one and done as well. So yeah, we'll we should wrap up the Texan talk, I guess, because. Yeah, I mean, and aside from those three, just, I guess, last word on them, they're so thin, you know? They have no one behind them either. Right. So it's not like they're a deep unit at all. Um, did, sorry, Jackson, I, did want to play, I did want to play a quick game of who is the Houston Texans starting tight end. Brevin Jordan. Uh, Brevin Jordan, I believe. Listed as the starter on depth chart is Pharaoh Brown. No, I don't think that's true. But I could, I mean, that won't happen. Either. Um, Sorry, we can go to Jags. That was that that was a fun game, though. Uh, I did like that game. It was a good game. <laughs> Jacksonville, second worst team in the league last year, three, three and fourteen. 
Uh, I don't want to say my record first. You guys go first. I've said it first, I think, every time. Seven and ten. Oh. Big jump up for the Jags. Uh, I have them at I have them at five and twelve. Seven and ten. Yeah. Ooh. I had my six and eleven first, but I bummed them up one. I think Jack and I have been like almost in agreement on every single team pretty much. You guys yeah, have been, been uh, like, yeah, that, that actually makes off. me feel I think that makes me feel better about myself, actually. Just isn't it funny how Maybe Jack whatever. Jack had this you guys Jeff had the Texans seven and ten, Jack had the Titans seven and ten. Just think about that. Yeah, we're all we're all over the place. Yeah, so yeah. we really are. Um who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay. I think I went first last time, so someone okay. else. Um highlight on this team, I like the second year duo of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Um you know, it was kind of a season from hell last year. Lawrence not really to his fault, didn't have a good year, and Travis Etienne was out the whole year, as we know. And these are two guys, former first overall pick and former first rounder, and both found success together in Clemson. So I think there's a lot of intrigue there with them too. Um the big addition they bring in Brandon Schreff. Sheriff, but um Brandon Schreff. As in uh from the uh from Washington. Very good addition to help strengthen the offensive line, which is much needed. Um, now they're wide receivers. They infamously paid Christian Kirk a lot of money, which broke the wide receiver market. Um, he's like the okay wide receiver too, in my opinion, when he was on the Cardinals. Um, but I don't know. They still have Marvin Jones. Their wide receiver group isn't good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to talk them up. But New head coach, new head coach Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Alshon Jeffrey as his best wide receiver, so that could be an argument there. So there are some intriguing pieces um, on the offensive side. Now defensively, Trayvon Walker has looked good so far in camp. Uh, Josh Allen is also forcing the other side of the line. I really like their other first round pick, Devin Lloyd. I don't believe Mitchell does, but I do. And they bring in Foyer Olu. Never Olukon, I believe. Olukon, I think. Um, I I kind of like that inside linebacker duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they have some pieces in their secondary that are somewhat intriguing. Not great, but maybe they could take a step up this year. So I'm putting a lot of the seven and ten on uh, coaching. Doug Peterson's a great coach. He obviously won a Super Bowl, and um, he was fired pretty quickly after in philly and i think he's got something to prove and he has a lot to offer for the talent that exists on this roster so that's my case for seven and ten jags Wait, did Shreff give his record what did you predict for the jags i i have him five and twelve so i have him okay. I, I have him two wins less not not too far off I'll, I'll i'll go um i i agree with uh a lot of what you said obviously i'm never gonna see me slandering doug peterson um still contest that he was wrongfully fired um, as the head coach of the Eagles. Um, either way, uh, I think I, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be amazing. Um, I love the RB duo of ETN and Robinson once Robinson is fully healthy. Um, I agree in, I think, the receivers. Um, I think uh, we you were saying that the Texans were like, you said, like 23rd, maybe on the on the list of receiving trios. Um I think this is kind of right. I think this trio is kind of right in that same same lane. 
Um, Christian Kirk got severely overpaid. Good for him, obviously, but just does not does not feel like a wide receiver one whatsoever. Um, the line got a little bit better, like you said. And then on defense, I really like the linebackers. I really do with uh, with Walker, Allen, and Lloyd all in there kind of running around doing stuff. Um, but just as a whole, I, I don't think the secondary looks looks all that all that promising. Um, and I think overall for me, the, the main thing that kind of sold me on them not maybe getting to like that seven win mark like you guys have them is I think a lot of their drives and a lot of their scoring uh, opportunities are going to be are going to have to come on like big plays. This this doesn't feel like a team to me that's going to be able to like establish drives and like take you down the field 80 yards. While on the flip side, I feel like the other, I mean, definitely the Titans and the Colts are teams that are going to be able to just consistently wear you down every single possession, whether it's by running the football or just kind of short passing your way through. Um, so that's kind of where my thought process came from. I think the Jags have a lot of promise and I'm hoping that they hold on to Peterson for a year or two because as he proved with the Eagles, it only took him one season before he did what he did with them. Um, so I feel like this is going to be a good building year for them. I think they're going to be competitive, but I don't see the the win column uh, showing up as as much still. Yeah, um, that that's that's certainly fair. Um, I just you know I don't think it's a secret how much I personally and I feel like a lot of people uh, feel wronged by Urban Meyer. Uh, <laughs> And I think they fi- they finally have an adult in the coaching room, um, and I feel like that cannot be overstated for sure. I think that he's going to get the most out of Trevor Lawrence, and he's going to, if anyone had any doubt, which they should, he should be given a complete pass and a wash of his rookie year. If anyone is not giving him that pass, I think he's going to prove to them why he was the consensus 101 for many years. Um, and I think I had them, if I'm not mistaken, going four and 10, but winning the last three games of the year. So I think they're going to have some real momentum going into year two of Peterson and year three of Lawrence. I think they could be, com- I'm not going to say playoffs in 2023, competing for a wild card spot in 2023, um, building off the momentum of this year. And especially towards the end, I think they have the jets, It could be Jets, Texans, and Titans, I think, with the Titans game, I think, being at home. So, you know, certainly some winnable games. I know the Titans could be tough, but, you know, last week of the year, crazy things happen. So I think I had them, you know, winning three at the end, and I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I see a big jump for the Jags this year. All right. We're going to move on to the AFC West comes the fun one very tough prediction and i've struggled with this all off season and i honestly whereas in other divisions i may argue with you guys if you guys put any of these four in any order i will have no complaints so um (laughs) fire away i guess uh we're gonna start with the kansas city chiefs as they won it last year at 12 and 5 Biggest uh, question mark for them is the how they're going to in a post Tyreek Hill era here. 
Um, they bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They draft Sky Moore, so they definitely attempted to replace Tyreek Hill. We'll see if it'll pay off. Um, I have the Kansas City Chiefs, eleven and six, one game worse than last year. Jack. Oh, Jack. Sure. I think you're muted, Jack. Well, I'll, I'll uh, while Jack's doing that, um, Mitchell, I agree with you. I also have them at eleven and six. Okay. So I will. I will say I do not have them winning the division, though. Really, mm, I do have them winning. Not I, winning the division. I do have them winning the division at eleven six. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Jack is still having some technical difficulties, but. Uh, no, we cannot hear you, Jack. Uh, but I guess Streff and I can continue our analysis for the time being and see if Jack yeah. gets it gets it figured out in the next couple minutes. Um, I, I want. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I'm gonna. I feel like you guys, both of you, will definitely um, probably agree with me on this. I think. I think Juju was maybe one of the more underrated signings. Um, free agency. Uh, I think. His talent got outshined by an offense that just with, I mean, obviously Big Ben was kind of declining and just that offense as a whole wasn't suited towards receivers having like monster seasons. Now all of a sudden he goes from an offense that was not really going down the field much, uh, keeping it pretty close to the line of scrimmage. All of a sudden you're going to a team that is reliant on uh bombing the ball deep and having these kind of huge plays. I think Juju's going to be a huge benefactor of that. I think Valdez Scantling is an underrated signing. Oh, Jack, hey, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll keep going. Uh, but I I think the receiving core is still going to be good, even without Tyreek. Obviously, it's not what it was. And, I mean, yes, Tyreek's gone. You still have Travis Kelsey sitting there. And, above all else, you still have Patrick Mahomes sitting there, who – Patrick Mahomes like the most underrated player in football now. I feel like no one even talks about him anymore all of a sudden. Like what where did where did this come from? Um Andy Reid still, I mean a top whatever, two, three coach in the league probably. Um defense uh I feel like I feel like uh people tend to just because of how prolific the offense is, people tend to just be like all oh, the defense isn't good. The defense is fine. I I don't they're not going to be like these world beaters that are going to be winning them games. The Chiefs are obviously still going to live and die by if the offense is playing well or not. But as a whole, this is this is still a, a playoff team. This is still a, a Super Bowl contender. Um, pretty much business as usual for them this season, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I think it's spot on. Uh, it's going to lose a step. It'll have to, the offense will. But I just think that the continuity of the coaching staff, you know, Eric Bieniemy is still there. Uh, after testing Somehow. the waters once again as a head coach, um, he returns again. So I think that's the ability and just the chemistry between Mahomes and Kelsey. I think will they're going to go through lulls, but I think that those two factors alone will carry them and um, tread water while they're going through some, I guess, growing pains and adjustments without Tyreek Hill. Uh, Jack, I don't know if you heard with all that going on, but Treff had uh 11 and 6 uh not winning the division i had them 11 6 winning the division where do you have the chiefs 10 and 7 third ooh okay 
like it. We're all over the place. I love it. We're all over the place, but what? We have one game apart. Well, yeah, we're all, <laughs> but, but in terms of finishing position, yeah. yeah. Um, I I said as soon as it happened, and I'm sticking with my opinion that I think this Tyreek Hill trade is going to be very, very significant to this offense. He's what makes this offense tick. Um, of course, led by Patrick Mahomes, you can say that he's makes the offense tick. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill is, like, the most impossible talent and player to replace. And Juju, MVS, and Sky Moore, I don't know if they can a combination of those three can really do it. Um, that's really the main reason why I have them at two wins worse than last year. Um, Pat, Pat Mahomes is fantastic, obviously. The offensive line is good. The defense still doesn't excite me. They have a lot of new young pieces there. George Karloftis looks great so far um, in the preseason and offseason as well, so... There's some intrigue on the defensive side, but it's I wouldn't call the roster like elite. However, the coaching staff puts them over the edge. Um, and as everyone knows, the division's tough, so that's why I have them at only ten and seven. But we'll be making the playoffs. Just yeah. Okay. So you heard it here that Jack does have three teams from the IFC West in the postseason. Um we're going to move on to the second place, Las Vegas Raiders, who finished 10-7 last year despite uh, all odds. And, you know, a lot of big changes once again. I feel like that's within the Raiders' nature is uh, big changes and a lot of making a lot of noise. Uh, I have the Las Vegas Raiders, who I was once high out on this offseason. Now I have them finishing 8-9. and nine. Oh, 11 and 6. 12 and 5. Wow. Yeah, at one point in this offseason, I would have agreed with you guys. Um, I've kind of cooled off on them as it's gone, gone on here and things have progressed. Gotta go first? Sure. Yeah, Jack, go first. Uh, 11 and 6 is kind of high. It's kind of how it shook out for me. <laughs> If I had to say before I did it, I would say 10 and 7, I think, is fair. And being so high on them kind of goes against how I typically view teams. I like teams. Everyone should like teams that have a solid, stable offensive line and have great defenses. They have a bad offensive line, and their defense, I wouldn't. Isn't, their defense isn't bad. They have some intriguing pieces. They bring in Chandler Jones. The Chandler Jones, Max Crosby pass rushing do It's going to be really great to watch this off this season. Um, bringing in Devonte Adams, I think Devonte Adams and Derek Carr connection is going to pick up where they left off in college. I'm buying the off season hype of that. Um, he just makes their their offense, their passing game, and offense as a whole just. Opens it up a lot more and a lot more electric. I mean, him and Darren Waller um, and Hunter Renfro, too. Don't want to slight him. He had a very, very good season last year. So that's that's a very good trio. Uh, I just trust Derek Carr more than a lot of people. I like this. I, I, to argue for Derek Carr, I just point to what he did um, 
in the final preseason, sorry, final regular season game last year against the Chargers. I mean, that game for both quarterback play was phenomenal. Um, so Derek Carr is capable. He had a fantastic season as a whole last year. I think he had, what, 4,800 yards? Um, I think that could be replicated for sure, especially with Delonte Adams in the fold. Um, so, yeah, I just see them winning shootouts and getting to 11 wins despite being in tough division. Shref? Yeah, um, I mean, I am in the same line with Jack where I have completely sold myself on the Derek Carr-Devontae Adams combo. Um, every report from training camp is saying that these guys are, like, lighting it on fire. And, like, all that has completely taken away from the fact that you still have Hunter Renfro, who, um, like, is, a, I mean, in my opinion, about as good as you're doing as, as, a, as a receiver, too. I think as a one, it was a little questionable. Now, all of a sudden, with him as your two, I think that's a, a really good duo. And then Darren Waller's still there. And Darren Waller's still a, a top five tight end in the league. So this this offense in terms of skill positions is one of the one of the best in the league. And then you brought it up a little bit, with, but with Crosby and Jones there getting to the quarterback, I think this is a team that's gonna. I think they're gonna score a lot of touchdowns, and I think they're gonna force a lot of sacks and a lot of turnovers in general. Um, and I don't know. For me, it's just uh, you know, sometimes boys, when you make these picks, it's gotta be it's gotta be a gut feeling. And uh, I think for me, I think, as we said before, the Chiefs may have lost a little bit of a step and then we're obviously going to get to these other two teams. But the Raiders are putting putting forth a very, I mean, pretty much a similar roster to what they had. And they just happened to add one of the better edge rushers in football and arguably the best receiver in football. So, I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit for this team. As far as playoffs go, if they get in, you know, that that's another story that we'll obviously get to at some point. But I think if we're just talking regular season, I I see a very, very high, po- not a very high possibility, but a, a good look at the Raiders winning this division. I think can they I, are can I, six to one. They're what? They're six and one? Six to one to win the division, I think. Oh. Can I guess Mitchell's main reason for being low on them? Sure. Is it Josh McDaniels? Probably. <laughs> well, well, say go. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's. I think he's rigid. Mmm, good Explain. word. Good word. He, he's rough around the edges. Um, <laughs> he is. <isn't. laughs> okay. I don't. I just. I don't. I don't get good vibes from him. I know that's kind of a. You know, that's not strong analysis. It's kind of more what Shref said, a gut feeling. Uh, I don't know if his... I think that not only that he fail completely as a head coach, I know that was 10 years ago-ish. Um, also don't like how he gypped the Colts out of that job a couple, a few years back. Um, I don't really get good vibes from him. I think Basikia should have... I know, I don't know. You can have your different opinion on that, but I think he earned that job, earned it to to stay there. Um, and I mean, among, beside from Josh McDaniels, Jack mentioned the offensive line. They ranked 29th by PFF. Um, they just cut ties with Alex Leatherwood, who talk about a complete waste of a draft pick. That was that's an embarrassing that's cutting 
cutting our first round pick from last year. Um, that's not good. Um, I feel like there has to be some off the field issues that we don't know about, whether it be not like, you know, legal stuff, but just personality. And like, I feel like there's no way you just give up on your first round pick, no matter how bad of a first year they have, unless there's something else going on. So that's a whole nother story. Uh, secondary, I think is still really weak. Obviously the front seven is definitely strong, especially the pass rush, but secondary is going to have a major, major question mark in my opinion. And with all these high flying teams in the AFC West, you know, I don't, I don't see them stopping. Like, are they gonna really stop Keenan Allen and Mike Evans? Yeah. Like, I just, I just don't see that happening. So stop them in their tracks, Mitchell. They're gonna stop them in their tracks. Yeah, I don't know. I just, again, it's, it's really tough. Um, if they're in any other division, they honestly probably win it, or at least get a a high wild card spot. Um, it's just. It's very unfortunate for them, you know? I get your point. Just to wrap up in the writers, I guess. I get your point about Josh McDaniels. Um, in his first coaching stint with the Broncos, didn't go so well. Uh, however, that was Kyle Orton, at quarterback. I think him and Derek Carr is a big difference as both a player and just as a leader of the team. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I got to say. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to the third place team of last year who just narrowly missed out in the playoffs in this uh, Los Angeles Chargers at 9-8. and eight. Uh, They were, I'd say last year was a letdown for sure. People thought the playoffs were definitely the expectation for them. And like I said, they just missed out in the last week and last game of the regular season. Um, I have them going... Ten and seven, finishing second place in the division. Uh, I also have them ten and seven, but just goes to show how ridiculous this division is. I have them finishing last at ten and seven. I just, I just really don't know how that's going to happen. I, hey, man, I don't know either, but we're going to wait and see. I had them winning the division. At thirteen and four. Ooh. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we got two ten and sevens and we have a thirteen and four. We have a second place finish, a fourth place finish, and a first place finish. So yeah, that really is all over the map. Uh Shreff yeah. as Me. the low person yes, on the Chargers. Technically. Uh, what I I I do want to preface this so that we do have to kind of go a little faster on these teams. Uh, so it's not just you; it's all three of us. So yeah. let's all keep that in mind um, as we move along here. So Chargers, Chargers. Um, I want to start by saying that I do like the Chargers. the The fourth place finish is no is is not a reflection of. I feel about them. It's a reflection of this division in general. Um, Herbert, I think, is a is a stud, and he's going to continue what he's doing. Um, a big factor for me for them not finishing as high in the division is, I mean, Austin Eckler scored what twenty touchdowns last year. I think you have to imagine that he's going to regress uh, in in that in that department. 
Um, just as a whole, I, I just it, this roster. I, I think they. It seems like it's year after year where they they come in with these lofty expectations and they just don't live up to them. And for me, I mean, obviously the big the big signing was Khalil Mack, and I think he's gonna obviously be a huge factor on this team. But in the grand scheme of things, I just don't just don't do it for me and I don't I don't know why I don't know if it's just that they're the Chargers and that's just something that we've been like bred to know about them is that they don't they just don't get the job done but um really exciting young team I just 10 and 7 it's still 10 and 7 good team tough division Shref I um I don't love my 13 and 4 I mean on paper, Chargers could be thirteen and four. However, that's the Chargers every year. Um, however, the difference this year, Herbert's there. However, that's the same thing we said last year. Same old Chargers, but Herbert's there this time, so that could be different. Um, so that's what we're saying again. However, I am going to put my trust in Brandon Staley. I like him a lot. He had his shortcomings last year with a few decisions that possibly ended their season. Um, <laughs> but I think he's too smart. Comes from a great coaching tree of Sean McVay. And I'm going to put my faith into him uh, for this season. I know the division is really tough, but man, this Chargers team is really, really good on paper from top to bottom. Maybe the best roster in the NFL. If I'm being honest, um, I mean, I I love their defense. They bring in Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa is arguably better. It's up there with the other pass rushing duo in this division that I just mentioned, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Their secondary is, like, crazy good. Um, I know, J- is it J.C. Jackson? J.C. Jackson, yeah. He's going to be st- starting the year a little injured. Yeah, one of them, I forget. Um, doesn't really matter though. Uh, I mean, if this team stays healthy, that's just the, the talent they have. I don't see them winning less than twelve games, even though they, despite the division they play in. That's how much I love Brandon Staley. Um, I really hope I'm not eating my words because I because f- I know this is the Chargers every year, good on paper. Um, one of these years has got to click. Maybe it'll be this year. So. 13 to 4. And again, I didn't like flat out just put them at 13 to 4. We did the like, we did the game by game in the, uh, whatever the website was called for playoffpredictor.com. Is that what it's called, Mitchell? Um, Something like that. And that's how it shook out. So that's why I had Len at 13 and 4. But yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at with them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have the same record as Shref. I still think they'll get it done. I think this division is going to beat up on each other, and I don't think we'll see quite the records that you guys are having. I mean, we haven't gotten to the Broncos yet, but I guess you can assume that I have, they're in the middle because I had the Raiders last and Chargers in second. So um, anyway, I have them 10-7. and seven. I don't really have much to say. Everyone knows the story with them, and you guys made a lot of good points. Uh, it's just interesting, though. I mean, clearly with Jack's prediction... You know, if they're thirteen and four, Staley is solidified in there, and it's it's just it's weird to say with a ten and seven record, but wouldn't it feel like if they went ten and seven, people would be like, "Hmm, I don't know about Brandon Staley," especially if they finished last. 
Or would yeah. they just be like, I don't know. It's so tough that like it it all just comes back to this division and like it I don't know. I I think if you're if we're going based off of roster, then yes, ten wins would maybe feel like a bit of a a bit of a not a failure, but just like not quite living up to potential. But at the end of the day, like playing you're playing six games against you could argue is like three of the top ten rosters in the league here. And like yes, the Chargers are really good on on paper, but six games against these teams anything could happen and i think that's why we're seeing such a such a difference in like uh finishing positions right that's fair yeah just just an interesting question to ponder i'm not saying he would get fired by any means but i don't i don't i find that i, I don't think there's any way that not definitely not after this year unless they somehow like finished under 500 but i find that hard to believe right okay um Denver Broncos last year they went seven and ten. Um, they had Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, the cover uh, master, cover king, the cover king, the cover king uh, at the helm. However, they upgrade and um, they bring in Russell Wilson. So where do uh, I have? I'll just say it. I have them nine and eight, finishing third. I have them ten and seven finishing third. Nine and eight finishing fourth. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh so uh I don't know. I don't have that much to say. I think they'll play better than like I think they'll appear better than a nine and eight team, but it's just gonna be the same story here. I think these this this division's gonna beat up on each other and you know, I I also have seen a lot of takes. I think it's, I don't know. I I'm not, I don't really necessarily agree with this. You know, just because Tom Brady went to the Bucks, they won the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan, not Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford went to the Rams, they won the Super Bowl. And people are just saying like, oh, maybe Russ, you know, new team just coming right in, already a strong roster. I don't know. I just think it's a little bit different. I mean, the Bucks played in a terrible division, and the Rams. Think it's a slightly better roster than the where the Broncos are right now. Although the Broncos do have a, a strong roster, they bring in Randy Gregory as well. Um, first year coach, I think they'll have a good year. I just think they'll need another, you know, maybe one more year to mesh together. And I could see them, you know, again, I, I could see them being the one seed. That, that could certainly happen. That would not shock me, but uh, I don't know. I think they're. It, they they won't quite live up to where they want to be. I think it'll take another year for them to mesh together. But nine and eight, um, and again, I don't feel confident in any of these AFC West predictions. So, <laughs> yeah, not betting on the AFC West. And, no, and oh, hundred percent no. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I guess in your case, if you want to put some on the Ra- uh, Raiders, they do have the lowest odds, and you guys seem to be higher on them. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you were to make a bet, that would be that would be the one. But again, yeah, it's probably best to uh, stay away. Um, Jack, you have them finishing in last, so you can go next. I'm in last, but you know, same record as you, and I, I just for people, I think I guess people haven't forget. I'll speak for myself. I feel like I'm forgetting that Russell Wilson got traded there, and I still think he's very mm-hmm. good. Um, He's carried Seahawks teams that were a lot worse than what they ended up with for years. And 
his team has more talent, I think, than what he is used to, if I'm being honest. And I really like their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I think a lot of people should. Um, He was offensive coordinator for the Jaguars in 2017, brought them to AFC Championship. Like, that's an incredible feat in itself. Uh, It's just that, I guess for the same reason Mitchell said it, and what other team did we have? Like, the Dolphins, you know? A lot of pieces coming in. Maybe not a lot of pieces coming in, but Russ coming in, a new quarterback, the most important piece coming in, maybe take a year to fully gel, um, which is why I had them last. You know, just pay your dues in, in this AFC West, and then maybe next year you can you can, uh, you can can be one win better and make the playoffs. <laughs> With the big boys, yeah. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, Mitchell, one of the things you mentioned was talking about how there was a lot of people like making comparisons with the Broncos and the Rams in terms of like bringing in the QB after already having a pretty established like overall roster. Um, obviously, I don't don't think the Broncos are gonna vault into Super Bowl contenders. However, I do think that the trajectory is gonna be similar. Um, I mean this this roster. I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. Um, you have, what I would say, I mean, I'm off the top of my head, I can't, I mean, maybe like the Packers, but running back duos with Javante and Melvin, um, definitely still some question marks in terms of how that's going to look in terms of uh, usage, like percentage of snaps. Either way, you have Javante, who seems like he's just kind of a star waiting to emerge. And then Melvin, who is just, just keeps on, keeps on trucking, just keeps on being a very solid running back. Um Cortland Sutton, I think, is going to have a monster year with Russ at the helm. Um, Russ, obviously, known for the deep balls, and that's where where Sutton thrives. So I I think uh, he was definitely a guy I was looking at in fantasy. I think he's going to be awesome. Jerry Judy probably going to be taking care of more of those like intermediate routes. Um, definitely lo- definitely love him. And uh, O line looks it uh, looks decent, fine. Um, Nothing crazy, but like going to be enough to get the job done. And then on defense, obviously, you talked about Randy Gregory. I, I absolutely loved that signing by them. I thought he was awesome with the Cowboys last year. Definitely was very happy to see him go to the other side of the conference. Um, and, yeah, for me, this, this team, I think a lot of my record is being based off of how much I believe in Russell Wilson. And I really like Nathaniel Hackett. I don't want to, uh, you know, spoil anything, but I feel like, Maybe we'll be talking about him later on at some point. Um, but just as a whole, it all comes back to this division. It's anyone's game. And at the end of the day, if you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback, I have faith that you are going to be a playoff team. So 10 and 7. Uh, so just to refresh, Shref, do you want to just read down your AFC West oh, first to oh, last and the records? Oh, I'd love to. Uh, so, so I, I do want to preface this by saying that I, I do think the, the website that we use kind of made it so that we made all our picks and then looked and we were like, oh man, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of what happened here for me. So <laughs> Raiders went in the division at 12 and five chiefs coming in at second at 11 and six Broncos coming in third at 10 and seven and Chargers bringing up the rear also at 10 and seven. Okay. Um, Chargers thirteen and four. First, sorry, first Chargers for thirteen and four. Second Raiders eleven and six. Third Chiefs ten and seven. Fourth Broncos nine and eight. 
First, Chiefs, 11 and 6. Second, Chargers, 10 and 7. Third, Broncos, 9 and 8. Fourth, Raiders, 8 and 9. I don't think we have an, an a, we didn't agree on anything. <laughs> we're, like we're, all so, we're all so think. close. We're all so close with everything, but just like one. Maybe records wise. Yeah, records wise, we may have agreed on some, but I don't think standing wise, we don't have a single. <laughs> no, we're all over I could the be place. wrong, but I like it though. Yeah. All right. Well, that's. That was that lived up to the hype of being wild and unpredictable, and I'm sure the season yeah, will does. be the same way. Watch one team win it by like six games. Yeah, I was gonna say we're like <laughs> somehow the winner is gonna be like nine and set like uh, nine and eight. Yeah, <laughs> like, whatever. Right. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna wrap up the AFC here with the AFC North. Yeah, certainly a division with tons to talk about, lots of storylines. Um. We're going to start with last year's division champion, the Cincinnati Bengals, who went where they went 10 and 7. 10 and 7, yeah. Reigning AFC champions, not just the AFC North, but the AFC. Um, Shref, where do you have the Bengals and what record do you have them at? Uh, I have them finishing second in the division, and I have them with the same exact record as last year 10 and 7. Okay, Jack. Agreed on both, Shreff. Here we go. Look at us. I have the Bengals finishing first. I have them at twelve and five. Ooh, a little higher on them. Yes. Um, I will go first. Yeah, you will. I have them first. Uh, they. It's no secret they dramatically improve their offensive line. They bring in Lyle Collins, Ted Karras, and Alex Kappa. I uh, don't know where they were PFF ranked like this time last year at the end of last season before free agency. Or they had to have been like the... nine? They're eight now. Oh, that's pretty close. So I'd have to imagine they were like in the like low 20s um, previously. So they make a lot of big improvements. I think that that was their major weakness last year, and it's, they addressed it like heavily. So. I think that's definitely a positive direction they're going in there. Normally, I think like you know you think Super Bowl hangover for the teams that were in it, but I just think Joe Burrow's going to overcome that somehow. Um, and I don't know. I, I just I just think they're going to improve upon last year. I mean, look, they're they're it's not really a different team. They didn't lose anyone big. Uh, Jesse Bates is going to be there. You know, there was some speculation that he was not going to be playing or holding out, but he's back. He's good to go. Um, I know Trey Hendrickson had a, like a career year in sacks, so maybe he regresses slightly, but I still think he could be like a double digits guy. Um, I don't know. This, they're just there's a really well rounded team, and I just think that Joe Burrow is just going to continue to do what he did last year and just. Like, I don't know. I feel like they were doubted, and he just didn't care. And it's going to prevail, so. Um, I don't need to say much more about them because I agree with all your points. Uh, I'll talk more about their defense. I think it was, like, pretty underratedly strong at last year, and it's going to continue this year. Anderson, I'm glad you brought it up. I don't think enough people are talking about how good of a season he had last year. Um, 
Another guy on their defense, Mike Hilton. I'm glad he's finally starting to get some national attention, you know, with being on a defense that went to the Super Bowl. Um, the best slot corner in the league. Uh, I've been saying it for a while how good he was on Pittsburgh, but um, now he's finally, I think more people are starting to realize that. Sam Hubbard also as well. Jesse Bates, one of the top safeties in the league. Um, this defense is very good, and Mitchell talked about the dramatic improvement of their offensive line, which I love me a good offensive line, so maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I think 10, them repeating what they did last year is fair. Shoot, I don't think, I think 10 wins might be their floor, in my, if, in my opinion. Maybe fair is like 11 and 6, but yeah, I think we're we're pretty close. We're all within at least a game, I think, on on the Bengals, probably. Yeah. Um, this is, like, 10 and 7 for me is coming from a place of, I mean, you guys being Steelers fans know that this division is, like, pretty unpredictable, I feel like, year in and year out, where you just, you have these random, you have these division games where talent maybe doesn't necessarily matter as much as it normally would. Um, like, I, like, I think if you put the Bengals in most of these other divisions, they're you could argue that they're probably winning the division. Um, like obviously not the West and with like the Bills, but like AFC North, you put them in there. They or AFC South, I mean, sorry, they I think they win that division handily. But um, if we're talking about roster, um, I feel like at this point, pretty undisputable that probably the best, probably the best receiving trio in in football. Um, I'm excited to see T Higgins this year. Um, I think. Now that Jamar Chase has a year under his belt, I think you're going to see defenses maybe trying to lock in on him a little bit more. So that's going to leave T, I think, a lot more opportunity. Um, th- this team is just, they're, they're going to be able to attack you on offense at, at every level. Um, Joe Mixon, one of the more consistent running backs in the NFL, probably going to do his normal thing of, you know, over 1,000 yards, probably going to get you double-digit touchdowns. Um, Burrow, probably becoming a top QB in the league. Um, yeah, I think for me, the 10 and 7 also comes from just, uh, I think last year they had a lot to prove, and I think that definitely drove them uh, to where they where they got to. And I think this year they're coming in with very lofty expectations, and I think they are expectations that are just going to be hard to live up to, uh, especially in, the, in this conference as a whole with all of these just absurd teams that are coming out of this conference. Um, but 10 and 7 and definitely still a legit playoff threat going into this season. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the second place team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-7-1 last year, uh, losing in the first round to the Chiefs. Let's let the non-Steelers fan go first. Boys, that makes me a I think, I think I think I already know where Jack has them. So I know where Mitchell has them. I'm 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 in tr- I'm, I'm definitely once once we get to the review of this team I'm going to kind of let you guys take the floor so I want to hear your thoughts first but I have them third in the division at 8 and 9 Jack I have them third in the division at 9 and 8 hmm. I have second in the division at 10 and 7 Oh That means I'm right I'm liking how we're looking so far. I feel like we're going to be very similar in this division, it feels. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that we addressed weaknesses. We were were we the worst run defense or like one of the worst? The worst. Might have might have yeah, the worst run defense. Um signed Miles Jack and Larry Ogunjobi. Uh I think that's gonna help a lot. We're not gonna be the Steelers of old, only allowing like 90 rush yards a game. But I think it could be middle of the pack. Uh, we are always, we've led league in sacks five straight years. Correct. That's a crazy streak. I think that actually is, I didn't know that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Years um, TJ Watts been in the league. Five. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, that adds up. Yep. So I think that should continue. I mean, I, I'm not going to say, it's hard to predict that streak to continue, but top five um, playmakers on, you know, really both sides of the ball in terms of skill position. Um, and I just think that the leadership and the strong defense is going to carry us to 10 wins. I think that, I mean, Kenny's not going to have the same opportunity that Mac Jones had last year, starting from week one, most likely. Uh, I do think though, when Kenny gets in there, I think his rookie year, he'll put up similar numbers to where Mac Jones was last year, but with some slightly better rushing stats. And last year, the Patriots went 10 and 7 and finished in second. The division made a wild card. So I see that similar type of rookie season, which is very strong. Um, not going to blow you out of the water like what, you know, comparing to like where Justin Herbert or like. Patrick Mahomes, his first year starting, did, but I think he's going to play good enough to get us back to the postseason. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really feeling us this year. Last year, I wasn't so sure. I think I had us eight and nine last year, missing the playoffs. I think we're making the playoffs this year. Shrev, go. Um. So. I have my my review of this team is is going to be summed up in two words, and that is uh, that is Mike Tomlin. Um, I don't. I mean, I'll eight and nine. I think feels feels right. I think without a coach like Tomlin, this team is probably floating more towards the six win range. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's it's going to be tough to be successful when you're going into a season and. You have the fan base torn on who should be starting at quarterback. I think that I think that's tough, especially in a conference where all the top teams have a solidified top guy at the position. Um, I think no matter what, though, like like you guys said, just playmakers on both sides of the ball. Um, can't wait for George Pickens. I love I love me some George Pickens. I am so excited for him. Um, and then obviously, as long as you have T.J. Watt, your defense is still going to be. Uh, up there with, with with the best of the best um so definitely like uh definitely going to be competitive all season long like i don't i don't see them hitting like these like losing streaks i, I think it's going to be very much up and down throughout the year um so as a whole still like still a good team just not where it was obviously like a, a few years ago um but mike tomlin's gonna he, he's gonna keep them competitive no matter what so Eight and nine. I feel good about that. You have the streak ending. I do. I, I do have the streak ending, unfortunately. But you can't you. have us eight, eight and one. 
I, I, I don't know if I can do it. It, it. it feels, it feels, it feels natural as, as big Ben departs that streak to it comes to an end. Um, I don't think the streak's going to end. Tomlin hasn't given me after what he, I saw him do in 2019 quarterback play could not get worse than that with the combination of Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Um, no one loves Kenny more than me. <laughs> but, okay, come on. Um, but he, uh, so far in preseason, he couldn't have done any better. Uh, I mean, going into this, like this off during this off season, like some people didn't even know if Kenny would see the field in year one. Now, a lot of the same people are calling for him to start week one. Um, that's just how speaks to his vast improvement this offseason. Uh, so, at some point, we're going to get a rookie quarterback that we can't ask for much more of a rookie quarterback than what we're going to get, if that made sense. Um, I expect him to start pretty soon in the season. Um, and I think Tomlin can can work with that and just grind out wins like that's what he's been that's what he's done his whole coaching career with the Steelers offensive line's a huge concern it's very bad uh and he is a a very quick young young and quick quarterback that I think if there's anyone that we want to have a bad offensive line with it's him he's makes good decisions and he's very decisive which is imperative with bad offensive line play and he has very, very, very good weapons to uh, get the ball to quickly if need be. Um, there's a very optimistic view of the Steelers' offense, I guess, but this is where I'm at. I mean, th- I've watched Tomlin and this team operate for years, and I just that's how they're just gonna grind. They're gonna grind out like just get get done what they need to get done. Um, defense. I think, Trev, what you said about their their roster as a whole could be a six six win team. I think it's more of a seven or eight win team, and Tomlin elevates it to nine wins. DJ Watt is the best pass rusher in the league. Cam Hayward is the second best defensive tackle in the league, and Minka is the first or second best safety in the league. You're not going to find that top end talent elsewhere, excluding the. The Rams probably, um, from all three phases, and Mitchell pointed to a lot of the the pieces, the additions we made, kind of underrated signings like Miles Jack, who's looked fantastic in camp, um, Ogunjobi as well, Tyson Alulu is back, so all these those three pieces are going to help the run defense drastically. We need something out of Devin Bush; he's been a pretty big disappointment. Um, Corners are a little bit of a question mark for me, but we can maybe get by with what we have. I think we have like solid two cornerbacks, not like an elite one, but maybe teams can get by with that. Um, you can argue the roster as a whole isn't great, but Steelers just win. Tomlin just wins. I think nine wins is is reasonable. Let's do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, last thing on the Steelers, where, what week does Kenny play? I'm going to say three. It's early. Uh, uh, maybe that's not early. I don't know. It, I feel like I, I definitely don't think Trubisky's good, but I also I feel like Steelers aren't going to want to necessarily just throw Kenny out there, especially if they aren't looking, especially if the team as a whole isn't looking that good. I'm going to say like week, maybe week like six, something like that. Jack, you're going to have Kenny go out there on a road Thursday night football game against a division opponent week three. Yeah, he's, he's ready gonna, for it. He's going to rise for the for challenge. It. He's built for it. He's cool, calm, and collected. He's going he's gonna to do it. Flipping okay. He'll be ready. I'm going to say it's, it's all going to line up in fate. Steelers-Jets going to that game. It's going to be his first start. Wow. All right. Third place last year. The Cleveland Browns, eight and nine. Not much going on with them this season. <laughs> yeah, very Not quiet off season. <laughs> Not much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson suspended eleven games. Um, that's all the preface I'm going to say about the Browns, and then we'll get into it. Uh, I have the Browns finishing seven and ten and last in the division. I also have them seven and ten last in the division. Three for three. Wow! Look at us. Yeah, seven and ten just feels right, doesn't it? Feels so right. Yeah. Um, it's a great roster. I just don't think they can overcome the losing. Lo- excuse me, the looming distractions that they're going to face throughout the course of the year um, and the subpar quarterback play for the first two-thirds of the season. Um, and even, honestly, it could be even more. Uh, Jack and I and many others haven't ruled out the possibility that Watson will be pretty rusty in his return. I think he will be. I still think we'll see, once he does return, though, he'll, he'll, we'll see some flashes of his 2020 self. Um, I think they, they'll probably go like 3-3 three and three in his return. Uh, maybe be like set four and seven prior, um, and it just—it's going to be a distraction-filled year, and they deserve it. That's all I have to say. Like that idea. Um, go. Uh, yeah, I, I think you—you you summed it up pretty well. I think um, obviously not having the uh, he who shall not be named for eleven games is is uh, going to be an issue, a big issue. Um, I think in the NFC, you can kind of hide behind a good offensive line, a good running game. We saw that with the Eagles last year. I think in the AFC, that is not possible. Um, this is a this is a conference that is built on uh, pretty much built on passing the ball well with, with most of these teams. Um, obviously, their their RB duo is is lethal with Chubb and Hunt. Um, but like the the overarching point, and Mitchell, you, you said it. There's just I team has way too many distractions going on i think i think uh i think if they start losing this is a a team that could kind of fall off the rails pretty quickly just in terms of like locker room chemistry and just like overall fan perception um so i mean if we're looking at the roster as a whole definitely still good and like i mean you still have miles garrett uh you still have i mean denzel ward seems like he's going to be good o-line is still really good but 
at the end of the day, there's there's way too many question marks, and you're also trotting out uh, Jacoby Brissett for 11 games. So 7 and 10 feels, feels accurate. Yeah. I guess not too much else to add. I mean, this defense is still really good in mm, all, all three phases. Like, pass rush, rush defense should also be pretty good, and their secondary is also good. Um, it's just hard to ignore the distractions that have happened this offseason that will continue to happen. Um, like again, their offensive line is, is still, like, it's literally their passing game is the only question mark. And in this league nowadays, that's, that's a huge question mark. Um, cause Brissett is what probably the second or worst, second worst or worst starter starting quarterback in this conference. Um, yeah, and that's just tough to get around. I think they'll get beat up in, in the division. Um, yeah, and Mitchell said it. Even when Watson comes back, he hasn't played football, and it'll be almost two calendar years, regular season football at least. And his preseason play, like, wasn't good. He looked pretty bad. Um, I mean, the the situation that's going on around him that has to have some sort of mental effect on him, and it looks like it's it's become it had it became apparent in his play this preseason. So, um. I think seven and ten is a, a pretty good prediction because, yeah, for all the reasons we said, really. Okay. Last team in the AFC. I also wanted on the record. I do want it on the record. Uh, Deshaun Watson, b- bad guy. I don't, I, I don't want to mince words with that. I don't He's a bad that. guy. He's a bad guy. I don't. I. I don't like him. <laughs> he makes me upset for many reasons. Ditto. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that, that we as a podcast were all in agreement on that one. Yeah, yeah. anti Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah. In case, uh, in case our stance was unknown. Um, That's what. Yeah, yeah. So, last team in the AFC here, we have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they finished last in AFC North last year at eight and nine, which uh, you know, I'd say that was a shock um, to many, especially because I think through the first. 12 weeks of the season, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were eight and three and they were, they were the one seed the time, until they were the one December seed. 5th. Yeah. It's wild. They lost, they lost six straight games to close the year. Uh, so many players on a season ending IR Lamar missed a lot of time and wasn't really the same when he was on the field. Uh, they lost two running backs in the preseason to ACL tears. So that right off the bat, I mean, they're starting off the year. They had, they signed Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman. Uh, Forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that just says all you need to know about their season. That's their. That's a microcosm of their 2021 season, if I ever heard one. Um, still finished 8-9, though, um, despite all that. I feel like a lot of people are predicting, you know, that not to happen again this year. Um, but I have them in third at ten and seven. Seems like me and Triff both have, both have them in first. Mm-hmm. At twelve and five. Mm-hmm. We're Chef. We're one game off. We're one off on the Steelers, right? Ravens twelve and five. Bengals ten and seven. Steelers 
Me nine eight, you eight nine, Brown seven ten. It's pretty cool. Look at us, Jack. Look at us. Hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, I hate to go first again, but I'm the different opinion here. So I will. I mean, not that much different. I t- disclosure. I I guess we can read our AFC playoff teams at the end of at this discussion here. Uh, I do have the Ravens in. Uh, they, I mean, they have to see positive regression. I feel like in terms of less injuries and more wins, I just don't really see how that eight wins is just like I feel like not going to happen again unless they had the same injuries um, as last year. I think Lamar could be motivated by this whole contract situation and just ball out this year, return to similar to 2019 and maybe not quite 2019, but 2020 as opposed to 2021. Um, and they're just a well-run team. I think their offensive line should be better too, uh, with a healthy Ronnie Stanley and an addition of Linderbaum in the middle there. Secondary is elite, and uh, they should be right in the mix. They're going to be in firm playoff contention. Okay. Go, Jackie. Take it. Um. I'm buying so much of, I wouldn't even call it hype, but the Lamar motivation and him having a monster season. Um, I mean, th- this team, Mitchell said it, like, they're going, I can't imagine they're going to have as many injuries as they did last year. And if you just put them on a on a pace, what they were set up for, 8-3, and three, going to 12-5, and five, I think is reasonable. Um, they're just they're just really good. They have a really good roster, um, and they're just a very strong team and franchise. And I just I see them returning to what they were in twenty 2019. Um, I don't know. I really have else to say. I guess it's. I trust Lamar. I like Lamar a lot more than a lot of people do, I think. And he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. If you want to go add anything, I can piggyback off you, Shrev, but that's what I got. You know, you you uh, did, you did real well there. Um, I am in the same camp as you in terms of Lamar. I think it's I think it's ridiculous that year after year there's still people that somehow think that he, like, isn't a good quarterback or like try to come up with reasons. Um, Mitchell, I know you, you said right at the beginning when we were talking about the bills that you think Allen's unanimous MVP. And we'll obviously get into this when we go to our awards. Um, but I think Lamar is going to, is, is the one that's given him the biggest run for his money on that. Um, I think overall the roster is really well constructed. A um, little bit of a sneaky signing today with, with Kenyon Drake. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, but I think he kind of just got lost in the shuffle in Oakland, and I mean he, he clearly showed that he had, but he had skill. He was in Arizona, so I I like the idea of he pans out with him and Dobbins kind of being a a, a little one two punch there. Um, and I think Gus Edwards is still on the on the PUP list, so he's not even back in the fold yet. He I feel like he always provides a little bit a little bit of something something there. Um, I don't know this this team I think had obviously an off year last year a very off year for for their standards um I think Harbaugh is still one of the one of the best coaches in the NFL Lamar is at this point I mean definitely a top five quarterback in the NFL 
Um, just this this team has all the makings to not only win the division, but but make a pretty good run in the playoffs as well. So, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that is fair. Um, I don't blame you for picking the Ravens. I think would not shock me at all if they win the division. Um, so certainly within the realm of possibilities that I see. Um, All right, so now we're going to transition to the NFC. And which division would we like to do? Any, any, do you guys have any, um, you know, initial ones that you're drawn to that you want to talk about first? Not necessarily. The North. Yeah, I'd be good with the North. All right, let's do it. Uh, just well, the Packers won last year. I don't have to have that in front of me, but so I guess we'll go with Green Bay first. And they were the one seed last year, lost in the uh, division around the playoffs to the 49ers. Um, obviously, the biggest one of the biggest storylines in the NFL and transit transactions was the departure of Devontae Adams. Um, they were 13 and four last year. I have the Green Bay Packers finishing 10 and seven and second place in the division. 11 and six, second place. Okay. 11 and six, second place. All right. So we all have the Bears winning the division. Nice. Yes, we do. Good call. (laughs) Um, yeah. So my notes on the Packers here, um, like I said, like I've said, you know, along with the AFC, a lot of my notes here are just projections. They're not really, yeah. they're kind of how I see it going. Yep. Um, I think regression is going to happen, and I feel like the loss of Adams is definitely going to be felt. I really don't, I don't know. I don't really, I, I know it's Rodgers, and he's the back-to-back MVP, but we're talking about Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, and Romeo Dobbs. So... <laughs> I mean, you just, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I still think they're making the playoffs. It's just something's going to be missing, and it's just, I don't know. It's its not going to be a smooth sailing year for sure. And, you know, when it's not smooth sailing for Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of friction. So, oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but that's pretty much it. I feel like 10 and 7, I feel pretty confident in that. I feel like that seems right. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty much completely on the same page. Um I feel like the last few years you could argue like probably like maybe the most consistent team in football, like LaFleur has been an amazing coach for them. Um, yeah. Losing Adams is a huge loss uh, based on the games that they played without him. You're going to be seeing a lot of Aaron Jones doing, doing it all uh, receiving and running. So I, I think him and AJ Dillon are both going to have pretty good years. Um, defense. They, they went ahead once again, they're, they're drafting ideas sometimes just confuse me a little bit like they made great picks they got quay walker and Devonte wide in the first round um i mean drafting georgia defenders is never a bad thing but it's just like looking at this receiver room now like the fact that romeo dobbs is the guy that like he's like like packers reporters and like aaron Rodgers. the fact that he's the guy that they're having to hype up right now like it just shouldn't be that way and as good like 11 and 6 is still a great record. They're still a playoff team without a doubt. But I think once it gets down to those playoff games, I think they're just going to be 
outmatched by other teams just based on roster and experience outside of the quarterback position. So 11 and six feels, feels right. Um, I think that this roster talent wise is pretty comparable to the chiefs. And I see a lot of similarities there. Arguably, this one could even be better, despite, I mean, what people immediately think of when they think Packers this year is no receivers, which is valid. I mean, the receiver room, as Trev highlighted, it's thin, and that's no secret. But um, you know, Rodgers is still the best in the league, one of the best in the league, obviously, back-to-back MVPs. Um, this backfield, uh, I'm very high on A.J. Dillon, as I've said here before. Um and Aaron Jones as well is talented as well. So this, in terms of uh, two running back backfields, right yeah, I was gonna say things right up there with the Browns and the Broncos. Um, I want to talk about their defense. Their defense is still very solid. I love their secondary. Yeah, it's um, secondary. Gary Alexander at corner. Um, Razul Douglas. Hmm. Cool. He's had a resurgence, a big time resurgence. Yeah. Um, and their safeties too was is Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So um, another name I want to shout out there is Devondre Campbell. He uh, where was he before? Maybe the Falcons, but was Falcons he, for a while. He really broke out last year. He had the by far the best season of his career. Team All Pro, I believe. Um, so he returns. Defensive, the front seven is still very good. Um, Devontae Wyatt, Treff said, I think said. Um, so yeah, they're very, very uh, well rounded on defense, which um, the past couple years, I feel like it's been building up to this. Like Packers of old, of old, I think of like maybe the the early, like in the 2000s, like before pre 2010, you'd think defense. And they kind of went away from that, but now I feel like they're they're really coming into what they were. So I still think the Packers are going to be fine despite losing Devontae Adams. Fine meaning eleven and six. Yeah, and that's that's totally fine. That'll get you right in the mix of things. Yeah. And yeah, so um, all right, so we all have them in second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we can talk about last year's uh second place team which i assume we all have first the minnesota vikings mm-hmm. eight and nine last year a bit of a disappointment um they always seem to fall a little bit of short but we all have them uh you know finally getting over the hump if you will being the nfc north champions which does anyone know the last time they were nfc north champions i don't know off the top of my head I'm going to guess 2017 when I they were 2017 in i'm assuming they won the division that year right yeah, because um, they were the two seed. Well, no, didn't they? Were the Eagles the one seed? Eagles were the one seed. Uh, well, didn't I feel like I thought they like, Minnesota? Minnesota won that game. Minnesota was home for that game against New Orleans when they to make it the that cat that digs catch that sent them to the conference championship. So they were home. I, I won, wasn't like the AFC championship. Wasn't that hosted in Minnesota? Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, it was in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia yeah. The Super Bowl was hosted there, though. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Regardless, uh, I have them first place, eleven and six. First place, twelve and five. 
First place, 12 and 5. Okay. So we're all, so I'm one game lower on each of the Packers and Vikings than you guys mm-hmm. are, um, but still same place in the division. Um, I mean, we've talked about Kevin O'Connell a lot on this show throughout the offseason. Um, I think he's going to get everything out of Kirk Cousins, and I think the offense will be amongst the best in the league in points per game and yards per game. Um, Zadarius Smith, we didn't talk about him departing from the Packers, um, but I think he'll have a very strong statistical season, and um, I think the whole team is going to look different and look very revamped and, you know, we might be talking uh, about this head coach when we get to the awards. That's all I'll say for now. So, mm-hmm. oh. want me to go? Yeah, sure. you take it back. Go ahead. Um, I think the most underrated aspect of this team that will contribute to their success. Um, maybe surprising name, Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen in camp, he. Reports. I know these are just camp reports, so sometimes you can take them with a grain of salt. But uh, he's apparently like reporters think he looks fantastic, like 2018 Adam Thielen. Um, if they can get that, then that's gonna be tremendous for this team. I mean, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson is one of the best one-two duos of wide receiver, and yeah, and. Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook. That trio is better up there with anyone else in the league. I love Kirk, and he can definitely deliver on a high power. Like he he aired, he can air it out. He's capable of that. Um, sure, he could have a letdown, but he he's definitely gonna. This offense has potential to to be electric. So, offensive line is good as well. Defense looking solid. Mitchell mentioned Darius Smith, which I like. Love Daniel Hunter and some other pieces they got, and probably the biggest addition is Mitchell said Kevin O'Connell, who we talked about before. So, behind the Vikings, I feel like they're catching a lot of a lot of steam, like people mini Vikings bandwagon. But yeah, leading it, I guess. Yeah, uh, you guys, you guys highlighted pretty much everything. The first note I have is. Uh, just as my dark horse team this season. But now it's at a point where I don't even know if they are. I feel like everyone's kind of starting to ride the wave now. But uh love Kevin O'Connell. We're all in agreement on that. Uh probably my probably my favorite hire, just considering like fit and also just like roster that he gets to walk into, which is very exciting. Um I think we're just because we know that they're gonna be throwing the ball more, it's just like we almost forget that like they also have Dalvin Cook, who's like a easy top five running back in the NFL. He's probably still going to be pretty good. Um, also want to highlight Irv Smith. Very excited to see Irv. Um, hoping he plays a majority of the season this year. Because um, yeah, definitely, stay yeah, just like the athleticism's there. It seems like the just like receiving abilities there. So I'm hoping they use him in that sense. Um, and then on the defense, uh, you said Zaria Smith. They also signed Jordan Hicks, who gives them a little more stability in the middle. And then in the draft, they went secondary heavy. They got Lewis Seen from Georgia. Um, so I guess he'll probably be playing opposite of Harrison Smith now, which is exciting. And then Andrew Booth, um, who kind of fell in the draft a little because of, I guess, more medical reasons more than anything, but um, seems to be good to go heading into the season. So that gives them another good corner option. Um, so yeah, it's just like overall, obviously the way Kirk plays on in this new offense is going to determine a lot of things, but 
it seems like we're all on the same page where we think it's going to work. And at that point, the, the roster is really talented just like throughout the entire team. So I think uh, winning the division seems like a very realistic uh, possibility. For sure. Moving on here to the last plate, excuse me, last year's third place team, the Chicago Bears. Um, no more Matt Nagy. They bring in Matt Eberflus. Um, I have the Chicago Bears finishing three and fourteen in last place in the division. And Trap and I were talking before we hit the record button. I think Jack was in the other room getting something. Um, the Bears and Texans are the two my two worst teams in the NFL at three and fourteen tied. So, um, where do you guys have them? I mean, I know you probably have them last, but what record? Uh, one fifteen and not yeah. my worst team in the NFL. <laughs> like two and fifteen. Okay. Uh, I have three and fourteen, but also not my worst team in the NFL. But three and fourteen. Okay. Yeah, they're tied for the worst for me. Um, I went first the first two, so you guys can uh, go ahead. I can go. For a taker. Yeah. Um, so to start off, obviously you said Matty Rufloos. Um, not gonna, not gonna like try to predict how he's gonna be, but I think we mentioned it a little bit. Um. I just don't I don't love especially with the way the NFL's trending with the current like like the current top coaches like you see all of these good offensive coordinators get hired by like as a head coach the year after. So for me when you have a young quarterback in Justin Fields, I don't know if I love the a defensive coaching hire just because now all of a sudden if this let's say their their new their offensive coordinator does end up like being good helping out Fields, he's probably gone next year. So it's just one of those things where, like, long-term stability, I don't know if I love it. Um, and then if we're talking about the team itself, obviously Fields is kind of the the main focus here. Um, definitely I like Fields. I think he's a quarterback that need, that has a very specific skill set where you need the perfect coach um, to kind of get him moving. Like, I think Lamar was, not, like, it was an example of that coming out where, like, obviously we knew the talent was there, but you definitely needed to have him in the right scheme to succeed. Um, so I'm hoping that they can figure something out with that. Outside of him, though, this this team, this roster is just not not good, <laughs> not good at all. Uh, Darnell Mooney, solid, very solid, but don't don't know if I see him as like your bona fide number one. Um, so definitely a solid two. Like actually, as an Eagles fan, kind of gives me like a little bit of Devonte Smith vibes. Where as much as I love Devonte Smith, I th- I don't I don't see him as like a number one, throw it up to him when you need to kind of guy. Um, so I think Mooney compares to that pretty well. And then you have Cole Komet, too, who I definitely like. But uh, besides those two guys, you're looking at pretty much nothing in terms of skill positions. Even Montgomery's good, but uh, coming off of an injury, a little bit of an injury last year. Um, and then on defense, Roquan Smith is there, but <laughs> for how long, we don't we don't know at this point. Um, besides him, you have some young pieces in the secondary, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon. Um, but overall, just this is just a team with uh, a lot of like middle of the pack guys, just no one really standing out, and it just it doesn't look like it's gonna be a great season for them. So three and fourteen. Three and fourteen I feel like is probably their their floor, but I don't think they're winning many more games than that if they do. It's a good breakdown. Um Jack, you can go ahead and say your thoughts. Um, 
Yeah, you know, Shref kind of said it all. Uh, there's just not much to be excited about this team. Uh, Roster-wise, there's like very little intrigue there. Robert Quinn had a best season of his career, arguably, last year. The defensive side, Ro- Roquan Smith wants out. Um, trade Khalil Mack. Uh, this is not like... And um, Keem Hicks is gone, too. Like This isn't the Bears defense that it was two or three years ago um, at all. Like, it's just the remains of it. Definitely a rebuild um, offensively. Uh, I think Dave Montgomery is going to have a good year, despite you know this offense may be kind of ugly. He's just going to be used a ton, just about how the the lack the, the lack of receiver depth they have. I mean, no one, everyone's talk. Maybe it's because the Packers are like quote unquote contenders. Like people talking about their receiver depth. Like this receiver room is just as bad, if not worse. I'd say worse. It's worse. It's worse. This team, this receiver group is so bad. You want to hear it? Really you guys bad. know it probably, but Darnell Mooney, would you, if you combine the Bears and the Packers receiver group, was Darnell Mooney the best? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, like it's probably not good. <laughs> uh, then second receiver is Equinemius St. Brown and Byron Pringle. Dante Pettis. The one got hurt. hurt. Didn't, didn't one of their receivers get hurt? Nikhil Harry hurt. Kill Harry, which I mean, even if he wasn't hurt, like, all right. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd take the Packers guys second, third, fourth, and fifth probably. Yeah. That's why I think Dave Montgomery's gonna have such a good year because like he's the most talented guy in that offensive weapon. Well, Khalil Herbert too, I think, is an underrated name to watch out for. That's true. He's been getting some buzz lately. I feel like as well. Um, yeah, I mean. <sighs> Their division so, stuff, like it's. I think that's four definite losses to the Vikings and Packers. I think the Lions could sweep them too. Mm. I think they're going to be. They're not going to be favored in any game they play in. <laughs> yeah. So I had. Um. I have them going zero and six in the division. So you hit the nail right in the head there, Jack. Um. You mentioned the running backs, and while I do think, yeah, you're right. They'll get a lot of usage. Um. The touchdown opportunity is just not going to be there whatsoever. And I was going to point out, too, the offensive line looks like it's going to be really bad. PFF has them ranked 31st in the league, so really not good at all. What? Who's 32nd? 32nd, I think, is the Seahawks. Um, but, yeah, really bad. We, we're, You guys already talked about their lack of weapons. It's very concerning. And it just sucks because, I, you know, last year, one of my worst calls, I had them winning the division. That looks terrible in hindsight right yeah. now. I wanted to um, ask you, like – you were so high on Justin Fields last draft. I want to see where you stand with him now. No, and I still like him. It's just he's not going to get a fair shot this year at all, you know. Not with this team, not with this offensive line. We saw in the preseason. It looked terrible. I mean, he had no time to throw. Um, and Shref said, not an offensive-minded head coach. Um, it's just not a good look in today's NFL. So I still like him. I'm just fearing that's going to turn into a Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen type of career, unfortunately, um, where it's just he's never really going to get a fair chance, and it's just not going to work out. His it, his development might be very uh, like inhibited. Yeah, so um, that's kind of how I see it going at this point, which is which sucks because I think if he was in a if he was on the Jags for for you know I'd have I'd feel much better about him this year. So mm. um, yeah, this is unfortunate. I'm just curious, um, Mitchell, 
two quarterback prospects that you were really high on the past year's drafts, who are you going to take, Desmond Ritter or Justin Fields? Uh, in a vacuum? Like, just in a draft um, right now? Field. Yeah, but, like, not like not in their current situations, right? Like, Yeah, just as a, as a prospect. Oh, uh, okay, like, sure. Yeah. No, in a vacuum. That's a term. Not, not, yeah, you know what I meant. <laughs> I mean, like, I kind of no, know what that term means, but, like, I, I, I didn't, I, mean, I felt like it was a pretty no straightforward question. Circumstances <laughs> aside, like, just, you mean, like, if they were in a draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would take Justin Fields. Is it close? Uh, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I pretty confidently said Fields, so. Moving on, the Detroit Lions team on Hard Knocks last year finished three thirteen and one. I have. I want to go last. I want to go last. You want me to Draft. go first? I'll go. Yeah, go first. I have them third in the division at seven and ten. Third at nine and eight. What'd you say? Third at nine and eight. Okay, I have them third at ten and seven. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go first here with my analysis. I want to claim that I was on the Lions bandwagon way before Hard Knocks. Jack knows this. Um, last year in one possession games, they were two, six, and one. That should definitely see positive regression for sure. Love they positive regression. What did you say? Love positive regression. Love yeah. positive regression. Last year, they finished the season 3-3. Three and three. So they're playing their best football at the end of the year, for sure. You could see the momentum building. They have the fifth easiest schedule in, the, in 2022. Uh, they have an elite offensive line. PFF ranks them third. They look really good in the preseason, too. I, I remember there was a couple highlights I saw from the Steelers game, watching it back, um, where they just moved our defensive front with ease. Love Dan Campbell. He's a leader of men. And this team is going to, they're just going to get it done, guys. I mean, they're just going to carry over the momentum from the end of last year. And I just, I just see it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm being a fool, um, but 10 and 7, third. Don't think you're being a fool. Um, this offensive line is uh, one of the best in football. Uh, I think they have one of the, one of, if not the best, young running backs. Like you could say, running backs under twenty-four or five. Um, a receiver, the receiving group. I'll let Shreff talk about one because I know he likes one of them. But DJ Chark is a very underrated free agent acquisition they brought in. Um, and then they got Jamison Williams probably coming in through halfway through the year. DJ Hawkinson's one of, I'd say he's a top five tight end. Fuck. That's a little high. You could I say. say it. I said you top. could say it. Oh, I he's one of the it. more well-rounded tight ends. He does. Okay. Eight to ten tight end. We have a tight end off. I'd put him like. Yeah. I'd put him maybe like. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. You go. We're having a tight end off. Oh, that means you go next. Mark Andrews. Beth. Kyle Pitts. Ready. Kyle Pitts is better than yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. What about. Let's take into account well-roundedness. I would take TJ Block, TJ Blockinson. Oh my God, that's a really good yeah, nickname. I, would, I didn't need to say that, that is good. But I, I would take 
the level of Pitts' athleticism and receiving ability outweighs the well-roundedness of Hawkinson. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts barely scratched the surface, and he had like over a thousand yards already. TJ Hawkinson, only, I highly doubt. One, he did he have one touchdown last season? Yeah, he had one. Talk about positive yeah. regression. There you go. Yeah. Um, George Kittle. Yes, and then I have one more. Waller. Whatever you're gonna say is gonna be debatable. Definitely yes, that's five. So that puts him at six. That's where I said he was. I think six is fair. Like any other tight end you say is very debatable. I, I really think he's the six then. I don't want to show bias, but I think after this season, Goddard might might have a conversation. Nah. Okay. I think he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we, that, we spent too much time talking about it. That was good. Keep... No, I enjoyed that. That was good. Uh, Jack, do you say your closing remarks, and then we'll move to Shreff, who is clearly wrong in having them 7-10. and 10. <laughs> um, we, I'll just wrap up their defense. We didn't mention Aiden Hutchinson, who I thought should have went first overall to the Jags. Um, he's going to be good. The defense needs work. But offense yeah, is going to be fun. Yeah, they does. have some intriguing pieces. Dan Campbell loves. Is he? Is Dan Campbell a defensive coach? Well, he wasn't he the tight ends coach. He's a tight so, end. He, he's a former tight end. He's tight end. He's so more offensive. Going to be coach year two under a tight ends head. There's no other tight ends head coach in the league. Hawkinson's going to go for three thousand yards this year. Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to interject real quickly. Jared Goff is not as bad as people think he is. And I agree I, with that. I think I forgot to. Was I cut off? Before I get started about Jared Goff, because he, he didn't say anything about golf. I mean, he supported a very good offense in LA that led to the Super Bowl, surrounded by a bunch of weapons. And that's where I was getting at with all the weapons that Jared Goff, surrounded by all these weapons, is you know, that has that offense has potential, is what I was getting at. So, great offensive line. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, Ref, you can, you can take from here. Yeah, so my I, I wanna I wanna preface by saying I, I love the Lions. I like them a lot this year. I'm not my my record is not a reflection of of how I feel about them as, as a whole. Um Dan Campbell is is in fact a leader of men. I completely agree. Um I think their offense is young but really talented. Um I think they I think by drafting Jameson Williams, they kinda they gave you like the trifecta that Yeah, what's going on here? I don't know. I don't want to keep talking. Jack, are you all right? What's going on? Can you hear me? Kind yeah. of. What's going on, though? I don't know. All right, we're having some technical difficulties here. I think they're getting resolved now. There's a lot of background noise on Jack's end. Um, yeah. Why don't you mute yourself for a second, Jack, um, if you could, while Shref can finish up here. Thank you. Uh, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, he's muted. So okay, we're good now. So, <laughs> um, so I think the offense is young, has a lot of good pieces. I think the, by drafting Williams, they kind of got a trifecta of like exactly what you're looking for with receivers. With like, Chark is your big body, like jump up and go get it receiver. You have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's gonna, who's more of like your route runner, like intermediate routes, gonna like you know a big like yards after catch type of guy. And then you have Jamison, who's kind of hopefully going to become your deep threat once he's healthy and good to go. So really well-rounded receiving core. Golf, I agree, is is underrated. I still, I'm not going to say that Jared Golf's going to win you games, but I think with this roster around him, he has enough to where he can make things happen. For me, the seven, seven and ten mainly comes from the defense. 
Um, Hutchinson was a great draft pick. I think he's going to be awesome. Um, outside of him, though, I mean, you have Michael Brockers, you have Charles Harris, you have your linebacker core is Alex Anzalone, who's been like a fringe starter his whole career. And then Malcolm Rodriguez, who's the the sweetheart of hard knocks. Um, definitely seems like he's going to be good, but like, I mean, at the end of the day, he's still a, what was he, a sixth round pick? Um, yeah, starting, at your, starting at linebacker, which probably isn't ideal. Um, Jeff Okuda hasn't lived up to what people thought he was going to be yet. Um, still early, so could definitely still change minds, but not the most encouraging thing to see so far. Um, so for me, I, I think this team is trending in a very good direction, but still you have two of the top teams in the conference, in my opinion, in your division, and you your defense still just isn't where it needs to be. So I 7-10 and 10 for me, but could easily see them winning one or two more games than that. Yeah, that that's fair. I, I didn't mean to um talk down on your on your analysis. No, and I, I like I, I, I kinda wish that I had them where you guys are because I, I really am excited for them and I like them. I like the construct of their team. Their coaching staff is like the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly bold. Um but yeah, I mean you're you're high on them. You have them over doubling their wins from last year. So um so yeah. All right, that's the NFC North. Um, let's move on to the uh, – let's do the NFC East. Why not? Oh. A, Shre- uh, a division that Shreff knows very well. Knows very well. Uh, we'll start with the NFC East champions from last year, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they finished 12-5, and five, lost in the first – in the wild card rounds, a uh, very close game to against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, no Amari Cooper this year. I have the Cowboys finishing nine and eight in second place. Uh, I have them also second place, but at 10 and seven. Okay. Jack, are you there? You hear me? We oh, can yeah. hear you. We cannot see you. Um, I don't know why. Where do you, where do you have the Cowboys? Cowboys nine and eight second. Same as Mitchell. All right. Fair enough. Oh, so I'm the one that was higher on him. Yeah. We'll let our resident Cowboys fan go first. Jack, first word on the on the Cowboys. Um, biggest loss is a loss that happened last week, I believe. Tyron Smith is going to be out for probably the whole regular season, so if they do make the playoffs, he may return to make a playoff push. Um, this is already an offensive line that was going through a little bit of change. I mean, I guess you could still call them top 10 offensive line with Tyron Smith. I would think without him, he they dropped to like a top 20 or in the 20s. Yeah, they're um, pretty middle of the pack, maybe on yeah, the maybe even below average now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I know they lost Lyle Collins. They still got Zach Martin, who's one of the best guards in the league. Probably top two is Quentin Nelson, but um, it's not looking good on the offensive line front. Receiver room outside of CD Lamb, and then until Michael Gallup returns, which he avoided the pups, so he's going to be back sooner than uh, what it was initially thought. So the wide receiver Jerry may Jones not will be... keep telling he's going to be back every week until he's back. So That's true. He'll... Also he'll true. Good. But the wide receiver room. I mean, with Michael Gallup back, I think CD and Gallup and then the remaining cast of characters they got is enough. Um, 
let's see, backfield. It relies a lot on Dak. I mean, people say that he wasn't, and I guess I agree a little bit, he wasn't fully Dak, like the 2019 Dak that, um, in the beginning of 2020. Uh, pre- post-injury Dak hasn't been the same, I guess. Still very good, but just not his highest potential. Um and granted, he has gone through a lot the past couple of years, so maybe all that's finally behind him now, and he'll hit the ground running more motivated than ever after that playoff loss last year. So I have high hopes for him. It's no surprise there. Defensively, they def- defense I don't like. Like they lost Randy Gregory. Um, I don't know. There's really other than like if you take Micah Parsons out of this defense, then it's really not looking good. Raylon Diggs had a great year. I'm still gonna call it great despite losing or despite giving up all the all the air yards. Um, eleven picks. That's really really hard to do. Um, secondary. There's not really many notable names. Uh, they all seem kind of young, so there could be some potential there. Uh, I could see them being a lot of shootouts, so hopefully, for my sake, Dak puts up some gaudy numbers. Um, I just, I don't know, don't have much faith in Mike McCarthy as a whole, so I think 9-8 and eight is very fair. If not, maybe even too high. Wow, okay. Well, I concur. Nine and eight is where I have them. Offensive line's going to uh, definitely feel the effects of all the losses they had. Um, the run game, I feel like def- I could definitely see that struggling. Um, I think Dak will keep them afloat, uh, but the team, I have them uh, not making the playoffs, and uh, their season is definitely going to be worse than this year. I, in my opinion, if they go nine and eight and miss the playoffs, I think McCarthy is out and. Sean Payton then next in 2023. That's my that's, that's where I'm going with that. So, uh, yeah, playoffs are bust. I think for McCarthy to keep his job. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they are a play. I think they're a fringe playoff team. Uh, I think with ten and seven, like for me, it has them sneaking in, but could also see them losing a couple more games, which takes them out of it. There, there's a few teams that are in that kind of range where I could see either combination happening. Um, I still think Dak's a good QB. I, I think I think with that core of him, Zeke, uh, Lamb, and then like Dalton Schultz had a solid season last year. I think he's going to continue to do what he was doing. And then it sounds like they want to get Tony Pollard more involved, which I've been clamoring for even as an Eagles fan. I still want to see him play because I think he's very good. He's very good. Oh man. Got to mute again, Jack. <laughs> um <laughs> but so I, I think that core is going to keep them afloat on offense and then on defense um I think it's kind of a similar situation where I think Micah and Diggs are kind of going to be able to carry a decent amount of the weight. I think you have a lot of just like fine pieces around. Uh, I think the secondary could besides Diggs, I think the secondary does have some potential. Um I think Malik Hooker still has some skill there. I like Anthony Brown in second corner. Um, yeah, overall, like this this roster isn't any is definitely worse than it's been the last few years with the Cowboys. But at the same time, I think the core that's there has been doing this for a little bit now, and I think they know. I I just think I think they're going to find ways to win games this entire regular season. When it comes to playoffs, I don't think much is going to be going on. But 
I think regular season they'll still be able to pull it out. Fair take. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like you have a top eight to ten quarterback in the league. You got you good. You have a good chance of uh, mm-hmm. being right in the mix for sure. All right, we're going to move on to the second place team of last year, Shreff's Philadelphia Eagles. They were nine and eight last year, got the seven seed, and were bounced in the first round to the Buccaneers. Uh, I have the Eagles at twelve and five, and first place in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have eleven and six, and also first place in the division. Okay, Jack. I have them ten and seven, first place. Okay, we're at twelve and five, eleven and six, and ten and seven. Um, as the high guy in the Eagles, I'll say I just think everything's going to click this year. Um, I could see this team very easily being top of the league in rushing yards per game. I think that's certainly in a realm of possibilities. Uh, I think Kurtz is going to improve as a passer, and I think that AJ Brown certainly helps that development. Uh, I would say, I think I said it on last week's episode, the fantasy preview with Jack, how he was quarterback six points per game last year, and he only threw 16 touchdowns. So I definitely see that number going up by at least maybe four or five. Um, I think A.J. Brown stays healthy, and this team, like I said, I think everything's going to click. Um, and I think Jordan Davis and James Bradbury are going to look like perfect additions to an already already solid defensive unit. So... Um, Lucky for you, Shref. I think it's going to be a. Uh, I think good things are to come, and I hope. Well, for your sake, you better not. I'm, I hope I'm not jinxing them like uh, Vince Young. I hope not either. Twelve and five, and I have them uh, winning the division with ease. Yeah, um, I'll go. Uh, so this is probably the most excited I've been for a team in a little bit. Um, which I think is fair to say at this point. Eagles rant of the week, week zero. What'd you say? This is Eagles rant of the week, week zero. Yeah, this is, yeah it's not going to be a rant. That, that's, I mean, certainly later on the season it might happen, but we're going to see. Um, I think at this point, especially with what's hap- what, what, what just happened this past week, it's hard to argue that anyone's had a better off season than the Eagles. Um, if we're talking free agency alone, you obviously – wasn't wasn't technically free agency, but you trade for AJ Brown to start off the offseason, really, or to, with the draft, um, and that gives you at least on this team. Like, I don't know if like Alshon Jeffrey was really good, but like AJ Brown is like a legit wide receiver one, which they haven't had in a while. Um, then on defense, you go, you add Asan Reddick, who's going to give you more pass rushing and kind of more versatility on that line, where he can also, I mean, he's going to be rushing the quarterback a lot, but can kind of step back into coverage when needed just kind of does it all um you added kaiser white who i think for the money that they got him for is going to end up being a steal he was it sounded like he was a monster all training camp they had him doing one-on-ones versus like receivers he's shutting them down like looks really good and then just kind of out of the blue to uh, get james bradbury for pretty cheap um i think Maybe as a number one, not there anymore, but all of a sudden you now have him doubling up with Darius Slay. I think that that duo is going to be fantastic. And then just this past week, you bring in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, um, one of the best, maybe the best trash talker in the league, it seems, which I'm certainly excited for. Um, so all of a sudden, just like revamp the secondary even more as it was already kind of starting to get better. Um, and then we look at the draft, you bring in uh, 
just an absolute behemoth of a man in Jordan Davis. Um, that just uh, especially assures that defensive line. He's going to be in in run defense. He's going to be instrumental in keeping them at as as a top run defense in the league, which is what they've been for a while now. Um, you are able to steal Nicobe Dean. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I don't. Uh, I think he'll be getting snaps though. Very excited to see what he can turn into. And then Cam Jurgens, who isn't going to start this year, but seems to be everything that they were hyping him up to be, which was fact that Jason Kelsey was like scouting him and said that he was who he wanted to eventually replace him. So just a lot of talent in the off season. Um, I'm excited for this team and for Hertz, especially, I think you're going to see a lot more of an efficient Jalen Hertz this year. Um, I think, I don't think you're going to be getting like these like 350 yard passing games from him, but what you are probably going to be getting is a lot more completed passes, like uh, completion percentage is going to go up. And I think you're going to be looking at like, I don't know, like a lot of like 200 yard passing games and like 60, 70 yard rushing games. And it's like, I think you just have the pieces to do everything that they're going to want to do. Um, and I'm just, I'm very excited. I'm trying to temper my expectations because my heart's been, been ripped out before by this team, but it's at a point where like, if they don't do what they're supposed to do, it's a enormous failure. Um, Shref said a lot. Briefly so, so I'll try not to be too long, but um I don't think Jalen Hurts is good. <laughs> I I don't think he, You think he's great. <laughs> I I don't think he hasn't been a good passer so far in his career. Maybe he can improve. I don't really see it. Um now they built a roster around him that's very complete. Best offensive line in the league. Very, uh, very, very respectable receivers and tight end he's got to throw to. Backfield's fine. He can run himself, so the running game's going to be good. Defense is shaping up to be nice as well. As someone who hates the Eagles, I hope and I think what will happen this year is Eagles will perform just good enough. John Hart's perform just good enough that they'll have to Eagles will have to look to extend him and pay him which I think is a mistake for Jalen Hurts because I think he's just a bridge quarterback um I'm hoping I mean I never want the Eagles to good but I'm hoping they'll go 10 and 7 for that sake so they have to pay they're gonna have to pay Jalen Hurts because they can quote unquote win with him um I think too many people the past couple of days I've seen some people throw out the Eagles are gonna be the one seed and have them in like Super Bowl yeah. and like conference championship I'm not even that. from the Eagles hater, like I, I that's got to be too high of hopes for this team. I think I don't know. Even I guess the AJ Brown trade changes things, but like before that, that wasn't even close to a possibility. I don't know. I don't see that. I have them going winning division ten and seven. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got. They're my four seed. Well, you're going to hate that because I have them as the one seed, Jack. <laughs> Wait, at what? My, What's your record? I have them as my three. 12 and 5. They're my three, I think. Okay. Well, we'll get that at the end there. Um, third place in the NFC East last year was the Commanders at 7 and 10. Bring in Carson Wentz this year. 
Some would say that's an upgrade. Some would say that's a downgrade. Some say what I would say. Some would say it's a lateral move. Uh, I have the Commanders finishing last in the NFC East at five and twelve. I have them. I guess I think based on uh, a division record, I have them third, but tied at five and twelve. I have them third at seven and ten. Okay. So you said you said lateral move. Who played quarterback for the Commanders slash Washington? Was it Heineke? I believe that was Heineke most of the year. Like, was he majority? I know he played for some. Like, he was majority. I forget who else. I know going into the year they were playing for Fitzpatrick. He was out for the year. I think Heineke started for fifteen games, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I I guess do you want me to go first? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to defend the commanders, but I guess I I'm the highest on them. I you mean, I don't, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> not that good. I'll yeah. start with Carson Wentz. So I think I feel like I heard this before. This narrative, maybe it was Colin Coward, which I feel dirty quoting him, but um, he. So Carson Wentz trade to the the Colts from the Eagles to the Colts. Could have had the mindset like, oh, it was just the Eagles dumpster fire organization at the time. Like, I'm gonna be good on the Colts. So, like, new plate, like, kind of get a clean slate, you know, going to Indianapolis. Now he plays bad in Indianapolis, and everyone thinks he's bad. Like, now he may come to realize that, oh, now it's I actually need to. Like now it's 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 not just them anymore. Like I'm on my I'm on a third team in three years. Like this. This, is a, this could be a me problem, so I got to play better. So that could be a mindset Wentz has going into the season, and some different kind of motivation is back sort of against the wall. Like, if he fails this year, like, his, his career as a starting quarterback is over. So that could be one thing. I mean, honestly, when I was going, given their prediction, like, I wasn't really considering that much into consideration. Um, it's not great. Defensive lines. I have to say, is not great. They lost Brandon Sheriff, Chef's cousin. Um, they draft Jahan Dotson. So Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. I think I said it on like I talked about Jahan Dotson at some point. I feel like he just drafted another Terry McLaurin, which I mean, I don't. The way I just phrased that sounds like there's like negative connotation around that. Terry McLaurin's great. I just feel like you should draft two receivers with some more. Yeah, better complement similarities in their in their talent, but I mean that could still be fun. Um, backfield, uh, <laughs> some pairs out to Brian Robinson. Yeah, yeah. he got shot. Um, now, for football terms, he won't be there for the first. I mean, he got put on IR. That's at least four weeks. Probably going to be longer. So he was set to be their starting running back. So it's a shame that that how pl- that played out. Gibson, the guy I loved, um, he has fumbling issues. Outside of quarterbacks last year, he had the most fumbles in the league. Far off the preseason with a fumble, so I can't imagine he's on Ron Rivera's nice list. Um, so, backfield, a little bit of a question mark. I guess Gibson's falling back into the starting job. We'll see how he does there. Maybe it's a little bit of Carson Wentz mentality. You know, back against the wall that I just described. I don't know. Carson Wentz and Tony Gibson do is going to be lethal. Got the fumbling machine back there. 
Uh, defensively, Chase Young is out. He's out on the pup, I believe. Um, and defense just kind of seems pedestrian, a little pedestrian. Like, there's not really... Montez Sweat, Allen, Deron, Payne. Like, They're all D-line. Yeah, other than their front, and without Chase Young, that's a big, big loss. Um, like, secondary's not great. Uh, it's going to be a weird... Yeah, it's gonna be a weird, weird year. Like this team was in twenty, yeah, twenty twenty. They won the division, so people are kind of high on the Commanders, but they were still seven and nine. And like that was when their defense was elite. Like that was like a top two defense in the league. Now the defense is decimated, or not decimated, but a lot different than it was what it was then. And the offense didn't really improve that much. Arguably worse with the offensive line getting worse. So. Not not bright day ahead for the commanders if I had to pick predict. Um, um uh, Jack, I Jack I don't know what's going on with him tonight. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't have too much more to say. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be even worse than what Jack said. They're gonna be pretty abysmal. And with all those factors that he mentioned, Wentz's turnover problems, Antonio Gibson's fumbling issues. Lack of playmakers on the defense, especially in the secondary. I think this team might be like towards the bottom, maybe like bottom three or bottom five in turnover margin, um, and that's a big factor of success. Um, that's what helped the Cowboys win so many games last year. Was you know I think they were towards the top of the league. They had to have been turnover margin with Diggs's monster statistically outlier season. Um, and yeah, I just you know it's going to be. Chase's young absence can be very apparent in the first half of the year or so. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be really, it's going to be a mess. Five and 12. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys covered everything. I'm going to add a little bit about Wentz. Um, I want to, like, I don't hate Carson Wentz. I still have a lot of love for that man. Eagles don't win that Super Bowl without him that season. So it's still all love for my end. Um, I think. For me, I think the biggest issue for him coming into this year, uh, we already know, we already know the mechanic issues. We already know just the overall accuracy issues. For me now, the biggest issue is just lack of confidence. You'd have to imagine that a guy that got shipped off after being like the 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 team's hero, uh, being shipped off to like two seasons later, goes to a team that you thought was maybe going to be good and ends up, I mean, not costing them a playoff spot, but like. You look at that Jags game and you look at who to blame for that. He's probably top of the list. Um, so now you come into a team with probably a shot confidence and you are also now playing six games against teams who know the ins and outs of how you play. Uh, playing in Philly for as long as he did, the Eagles clearly know, really players on that team know his tendencies. And then you played Washington, Dallas, and New York plenty of times already. So out of all the divisions to go into after already coming off of not a very good year, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to look too pretty, especially if they get off to a bad start. I think it could get from bad to worse. Um, I also do want to say if he ends up being as bad as we think he might be, uh, could have to watch out for Sam Howell in there at some point this season, which I think would be interesting. Um, but, yeah, you guys you guys covered it all. 5-12 and 12 feels – Maybe even generous, depending on how bad Wentz ends up being. Yeah, for sure. 
Moving on to the last place team of last year, the New York Giants. They were 4-13. Got rid of Joe Judge, who was a dumpster fire, and that's being nice. <laughs> they bring in Brian Dable. Um, I have the Giants at 6-11, and 11, finishing third. Uh, I have them tied at 5-12 and 12 with Washington, but I think based on how I did the division schedule, I think they finished last in the division. Uh, similar to you guys, last at 6-11. All right. I'm going to go first in the Giants here. Uh, I think it's not going to really translate to wins, per se, because I only have them winning two more games than last year. However, I think it's going to be apparent that Brian Dable was the right hire, mm. and the team's going to be in the right direction. You know, like I said, it's... The wins and losses isn't going to look too much different from last year. I think the feel of the team is going to be different. And I think there will be a lot of reasons to be optimistic if you're a Giants fan going into 2023. Um, I do have faith that Dable can kind of resurrect Daniel Jones a little bit. I'm not going to say he's going to light the world on fire or anything like that, but I think he's going to play well enough. And, you know, this could be looked as a good or bad thing, but I think he's going to be – he's going to be – I think he's going to play well enough to earn a second contract. Not a big one, like a massive extension, but maybe like a one- or two-year deal um, that they'll look to give him. So I think he'll definitely improve his mechanics and you know limit the turnovers. And I, I don't know. I just really like Brian Dable a lot. My initial, when you when Shreff, you said Kevin O'Connell was your favorite hire, I initially wanted to say yes, but then I thought of Brian Dable. These are the two that I was debating between. So Right. Yeah. So I'm just really impressed with how he carried himself and uh, his track record speaks for itself. So 6-11, and 11, but an optimistic 6-11. and 11. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'll go. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Dable is a big, a big factor. Um, I completely agree where this, this team's definitely – not going to not going to translate to wins um maybe similar to like a lions s situation last year where everyone like kind of knew like dan campbell's clearly the guy here but it just wasn't turning into results on the field um i am a little less optimistic about daniel jones than you are mitchell um i obviously he hasn't been given what you would like to see him given in order to prove himself but at the end of the day i think uh, fumble issues have been very apparent um, I think just overall accuracy issues. I just, I don't know. I think if they, if they finish with this five and 12 record that I have them predicted at, I would not be surprised at all if they decided to go QB early in the draft, uh, going into the next season, but still, um, I kind of like their offensive weapons. I think Saquon's going to have a little bit of a bounce back year this year. And I think a big result of that is it the, the O line is going to be, a little bit better, I think. Not much better, but a little bit better. Um, and then, obviously, you have Galladay, who's going to be back and hopefully a little healthier. Um, oh, Mitchell's gone. Um, and you also have Kadarius Tony, who I think has some potential. And then Wandale Robinson has looked uh, pretty good in training camp so far, from what I've heard. Um, yeah, uh, defense still not going to be good. Uh, oh, boy. I think we're good now. Yeah, did I, 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 I left for a second, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the heck happened there. but it's all good. But, um, yeah, I mean, you guys covered everything pretty much. I think overall this roster still a ways away from being where it needs to be. So 5-12 and 12 feels right. Uh, yeah, similar to you guys. I guess there's not really too much to add. Um, 
this receiver group, I, I feel like there's a lot of potential there. Like Kenny Galladay was a monster in the Lions. Darius Tony didn't love the prospect. He was still a first round pick nonetheless. Darius Slayton is a great talent that I feel like should be traded. There were some rumors that he was traded. Didn't he have that quote saying like there like he was in trade rumors and someone asked him uh, about it? And he's like, hey, if someone called to offer Aaron Donald for me, I'd take that trade too. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um also looking at this depth chart, they have five running backs on this roster and a fullback. <laughs> They're ready to roll. Never, never Dave seen Dave Gettleman special right there. That's what that is. Um, I like Brian Dable. However, I mean, I guess you. I want to offer a play a little devil's advocate. I heard a stat that, excluding the past two years, uh, the Bills and then past teams he's been offensive coordinator for. Uh, like he was among the last in pa- either was passing yards or passing to or like receiving touchdowns or maybe scoring offense. So, I mean, you could say you could say he resurrected Josh Allen, or you could flip it and say that Josh Allen just improved naturally as a quarterback does who's drafted seventh overall and kind of resurrect Brian Dable. So if you put if you pair him with quarterback that. I, I'm I'm no quarterback whisperer. I would say he has less less raw talent than Josh Allen. I'm talking about Daniel Jones. You pair him with D- Brian Dable, it may not go so well. He may not be the you know the the offensive genius mastermind that we're painting him out to be. So that's just a little devil's advocate. And again, I like Brian Dable, so I don't entirely believe in that. But I feel like no one's offering that perspective. So I just want to put that out there. Um, I don't think the Giants can be very good. <laughs> you guys said I agree with you guys. Yeah, Offensive line still improving. Drafting Evan Neal first with their first pick, but still maybe their second pick. Drafted Thibodeau first, right? Who is Thibodeau? He's out. For, what's the, his injury? Anyone remember? Like, what's the uh, status? I think it's just. I think it's only supposed to be a couple weeks. I don't think it's anything crazy. I I want to say it was like because he avoided IR. Like the yeah. Thing, so, probably be I'll tell you right now. Okay. But I, that, I remembered it being like four to six weeks from when it happened. Okay, so that's going to be like maybe two weeks into the season. Yeah, something like that. Which I really hope that. I, I hope it doesn't, but I feel like that's just like one of the worst things that could happen to. Yeah. A top prospect like that, like just like to not be on the field, I feel like it's kind of a, yeah. a confidence killer a little bit, well, you know. I, mean, I, I was gonna say bit. too, um, walkers look good in preseason so far, but I, if I was like a GM in drafting, I think Hutchinson would have been first, and I think Thibodeau I would have had over Walker as well. Yeah, so it, it says three to four weeks with a sprained MCL, and that was on August, the game was on August 22nd or August 21st. So maybe so, like week, maybe like week two or three is back. Three yeah. weeks would be opening Sunday. Four weeks would be week two. So, okay, we'll see. Um, yeah, all right, good stuff. I, I like that. That I think that was one of our best analysis of the Giants. I like that perspective that Jack offered there because I agree. You know, I, I am really high on Dable, but that that is an interesting uh, hypothetical or not hypothetical perspective to kind of consider. So yeah, it's yeah. a. No matter what, it's a big prove-it year for him and for Jones together, so it'll be interesting. 
We're going to move on to the NFC South. Um, I believe the Bucks have the best odds. I know they, I know they definitely obviously have the best odds, but like the the biggest favorite, I think they are. Probably. Yes, minus 250. And the Bills are second at minus 240, so pretty much neck and neck. Um, Bucks win the division last year. They lose in the divisional round to the uh, Rams. Uh, I have the Bucks 11 and 6. First place in the South. I have the same exact thing. 11 and 6, first place in the South. Um, 5, first place in the South. Okay. They're all right, right on the same page. Um, I could see a slow start due to the offensive line injuries. Godwin potentially missing the first week or maybe, I don't know, first one to three weeks or so. Uh, I think they're going to finish strong and they'll be gaining momentum going into the postseason. Um, I'm just going to say this. This will be the only other thing I say with the Bucks. I'm not going to predict Brady's decline until I see it happen. So he's shown no signs of it. I'm not going not gonna to say it's going to happen. So that's it. So 11-6, and six, they win the division pretty easily. Yep, I completely agree. Um I was the the one thing I had in my notes. I was thinking about this. I'm assuming the Bucks like Super Bowl odds moved down in that month where Brady retired, right? Yeah, of course. So I feel like people who took that are probably feeling pretty good if they like if they jumped right. on that while he was retired, like thinking that maybe he'd come back out. That's pretty cool to think about. But either way, um, yeah, uh, I think this. At least for the regular season, this feels like kind of a formality. The, the rest of the the rest of the teams in this division just don't have what it takes to really compete with them. I don't think um, it's all going to come down to Brady, who I I don't I don't assume that Brady's going to be missing a beat. I think he's going to come right back and do the same thing that he's been doing. Um, offensive line a little bit less uh, skill, right? A little bit less talent than what they had a season prior. So that should be something to monitor. And then just because we're also uh, we have two Pitt students in here. Losing Jordan Whitehead, I think, is a bigger loss that wasn't like at least like nationally not big news, but I feel like for the Bucks, they're gonna they're gonna miss him, especially watching Bucks games. I think he made a lot of plays uh, in the secondary that helped them out helped helped them out a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a team that's just better than everyone else in the division. Um, once playoffs come around, I think they'll be more evenly matched with some of these teams, but in terms of regular season, they'll they'll have no issue. So. Eleven and six felt accurate. Yeah, just I'm just gonna echo uh, Shrapnel offensive line. They lose uh, Jensen for the whole year, so I mean, I that you could say it's a weakness of Brady. I mean, he's not mobile, so if you get to him, if you if you get in that backfield, I guess you can cause some problems. But uh, I mean. He's not mobile, but he's very decisive and he can still make plenty of all the throws. So, and offensive line is not too, too big of a concern for me, especially um, just compared to the teams as a whole in this, this division. Mitchell said at the start, like, it's the most, they got the easiest ride to the playoffs. Um, yeah, the defense is still very good. I really like. Carlton Davis, I feel like he's not talked about enough. Um, and Anton Winfield, he has really improved a lot. This, first, I guess, is his third year in the league. Yeah, third now. 
Um, they just got names. They got names you like. Yeah, Monte David, Devin White, that's the best inside linebacking duo in the league. And Akeem Nix, and Carl Nassib. You still yeah, have Joe Tryon, Vita Vea. Yeah, they're they're gonna be just fine. They're still suitable contenders, no doubt. Yeah. First four weeks though, like I said, they got at Cowboys, at Saints, Packers, and Chiefs. So that's tough. I heard way too much about Brady leaving for ten days. <laughs> like I'm sure you guys agree, like Yeah, it's stupid. No, who, who cares? cares? Like just he's gonna waiting. come out. He's gonna come I out. Guess and he's like, their first drive, their first drive regular season. He's gonna walk down the field like seventy-five yards touchdown. And we'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> right. I, I guess I get it. Like it's Tom Brady. He's just kind of oddly away from the team for ten days during preseason, and like that wouldn't wouldn't really happen for any other quarterbacks. But like, I don't know. I think Whatever it, he was it doing, was just he was much into. Yeah. Right. I doubt. I doubt he took ten days like completely off. I'm sure he was still doing stuff yes, wherever he was. Yeah. So, and we can wrap up Bucks talk. Who's uh, Saints next? Yes, Saints were second place in the NFC South last year. Um, they were nine and eight. They just missed out in the playoffs. I have them. I think I have them at the same record. Nine and eight, second place. Yep. Have them same nine and eight, just missing out in the playoffs. I have them a little lower. I have them seven and ten and missing the playoffs. Okay. I uh, don't have too much to say. I'm not really sure about Dennis Allen as their head coach. Um, he, I think he's been a head coach before. He didn't work too well. Um, it's just going to be very similar to last year. I know. I mean, Michael Thomas should be back. Uh, he might be maybe out week one still. Has barely played football. Uh, in the past two years, he will not be suspended, so that's a good um, avoiding that loss of him. I mean, it's not guaranteed; it's it's likely that he won't be suspended, but you know, it's still you know looming. Uh, receiver core looks good and everything. Um, Trevor Penning's on short term IR, I believe, and uh, they just mm-hmm. traded uh, Garner Johnson. So those are kind of the highlights there. And I don't know. I just seen them kind of mediocre. Um, they'll be competitive for sure. Um, they'll probably steal one against the Bucks or something like they always do. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like they're um, right around 500, in my opinion. Jeff, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I mean, I'm on the same page as you guys. Just the record was a little off. Um, like seven and ten for me feels like maybe their floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, they kind of. I mean, Marcus May. We don't really know what's going on with that now. But they, their secondary became a little more depleted very quickly. Um, Armstead's obviously a big loss as well. Yep. Uh, but I mean, yeah, when talking about head coach, for me, I think. I don't know about Allen, but it's kind of actually the same as the Bucks situation because we didn't mention it, but Arians is gone now as well. Um, but they also have Bowles stepping in who, like, has been with this team for however long, like, knows the ins and outs of how the locker room goes. And Allen's the same way. I mean, Allen's been, Allen's been Peyton's right-hand man for this entire time. So I don't think much changes there. Um, mixed, I, I think their offense is exciting. Um, I think Jameis can end up having a pretty good year. 
Um, just at the end of the day, I think that this division kind of tends to beat each other up. I think that's where these losses kind of pile up. Like I definitely see them stealing one from the Bucks, but I could also see them losing one or two to the Panthers or the Falcons. So like it kind of evens out in that regard too. So seven and 10 as a floor, but I could see them winning one or two more games. Uh, great point there. Um, I'll start with the offensive line. You know, losing Teron Armstead, I feel like it's huge. But this offensive line, I th- I, I think, still is very good. Are. Uh, names at least you'd recognize. Ryan Ramchick, Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, and just Pete. Like, those are, I think, all former first-round picks, if I'm pot- maybe. Um, I think you might be right. Uh, the defense... Marcus May got arrested. Did we mention that? Yeah, that's what I said. They, they, it happened literally the day after they traded. They traded right. Johnson. So, I mean, they they lose Chauncey Gardner Johnson, lost Marcus Williams, uh, in free agency. Um, bring in Tyron Matthew, and he still can contribute very well. Um. They uh, no more defensive additions. Demario Davis is kind of an underrated name at middle linebacker, one of the best in the league, probably top five, you could say. Uh, getting up there in age, though. older. Getting up there in age, though. There he is, yeah. Um, Mar- or, sorry, I just said him. J- Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport on the defensive line. Um, still cause issues. Like, this defensive unit as a whole is still very solid. Um, just uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of. I feel like there's not much stability. Like I just, like, Marcus May got arrested. Demario Davis, Ty Matthew are getting up there. Kim Jordan's getting up there in age. All th- so, I guess naturally you can't trust older guys to stay healthy the whole year. Defense. I mean, I don't want to. Not predicting injury or anything, but it's just, it's just what happens. And then offensively, uh. Michael Thomas isn't the most reliable health-wise the past couple of years. Uh, Jarvis Landry is also getting up there. Miss Winston is also coming off of an ACL injury, like out for a large chunk of the season. So, like, not many people are talking about that and just assuming he's going to be, assuming he's going to be back to Jameis, which that's not even like it's, <laughs> you know, it's not even like elite level. Jameis, Jameis will be Jameis. So, like, there's just. Not too much stability, and then all the all like all this in addition to a head coaching change, moving moving on from a head coach, or I guess he moved on from them after like how long he was the longest tenure coach other than Tomlin and Belichick, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's gonna be some changes. There some changes as well. After all that, I feel like nine and eight is kind of generous. I feel like they'd be eight and nine. Is definitely, definitely right there. This division's really bad, though. I think it's four definite wins against these next two teams we'll talk about. So let's transition right to there. Who is up next? Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are up next. They've been seven and ten last year. They lose Matt Ryan um, after you know he's been there for what four, uh, like seven or oh eight maybe oh eight. So it could be 14 years, actually. I was just thinking about that number, but yeah, something like that. Uh, I have the Falcons second. I had five and twelve finishing last. 
I have the same exact thing. I have the same exact thing. Five and twelve last. I have them in last place at one and sixteen. Whoa. It's not happening. Oh. No, I don't want to go. I can go. Go in between. You guys both five and twelve. Yeah. Yeah. I will do five and twelve. One and sixteen. Five and twelve. That's okay. I can kick it off then. Um, So the big thing, obviously, Matt Ryan gone. Um, This this felt like they finally admitted to like a rebuild that probably should have been already started maybe a year or two ago. Um, It felt like I feel like with Ryan, it definitely felt like they were holding on for longer than they should have with him. Like, and I mean that as a a good thing to Matt Ryan. I think the the teams that they were throwing out there with him were doing a disservice to him as a quarterback. Um, And I think Falcons fans would probably agree with that. But uh, either way, they're completely restarting this now. They got Marcus Mariota, QB, who I don't think he's gonna be all that good. But I think out of all the options that they had, I think he's he was maybe the most intriguing. Um, Obviously, hasn't been good for a while, but. I mean, there's still like a little bit of connection there with obviously the Titans relation with uh, him and Arthur Smith. Um, I think he still provides a little bit of that dual threat option with running the football. He showed that a little bit in the preseason. Um, And then, I mean, you still have, uh, I mean, I was going to say you still have weapons. You have, you have weapon um, in Kyle Pitts. Um, I think he's going to have a monster season, not necessarily because I think the Falcons are going to be good, but because they don't have many other people to give it to. So I think he's just going to be hogging up targets. Um, the other guy who they brought in is Drake London, who I think can be good. Uh, kind of like one of those big body, go up and get it type of guys. Um, really aggressive after the catch, like breaks a lot of tackles. Um, could definitely be good, but just in this offense, I think he's going to probably be fine. His first season, maybe like a, maybe like a 700, 800 yard season, something around there. Um, so, like a few pieces on offense, but nothing much. And then defense just doesn't just doesn't look very good. Um, they lost uh, Aluakon, which I believe we mentioned earlier. Um, where did he go to the Jags? The Jags. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was like one of their lone bright spots on defense last year because they were like, oh, we might have this emerging guy that can kind of be a, maybe a, a a big part. And then he leaves. So, just in general, this is just a a huge lack of talent. Um, I'm not I'm not out on Mariota. I still think he could be decent, but I think even if Mariota is decent, this team as a whole isn't good enough. So I mean five and twelve is I think the baseline. I could see them winning less than that. I don't know if I can see them winning more than that. Um no one in sixteen is harsh. Um and it's like things gotta be really bad for you to only get one win in the NFL. Uh I think they're gonna be really bad. So seven to ten the past two seasons with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is I personally feel like has been underratedly carrying this roster to seven wins. Mm-hmm. Um and losing him, Mitchell said it, a guy's been there for about fourteen years. That's just the one constant in that in that franchise is gone now. And yeah, it's no secret they're going through a rebuilding process. Uh the quarterback room is not something I like. <laughs> we mentioned Mariota. Uh, I'm interested to hear what Mitchell says about Ritter getting a shot. If he gets a shot this year, I imagine he will get a shot at some point this season because they want to see what they have out of him. But he's got not much to work with. I know Kyle Pitts, we talked about, 
in in our tight end off earlier, and he's very good. That's all he got to throw to. I guess I that's very that's a slight to Drake London. Um, and he was the first wide receiver taken, so he should be good. We'll see. Um, other than him, though, like that wide receiver room is pretty bad. Like Brian Edwards, Olamazic Hayes, I don't think are worthy of being a second wide receiver either of them. Um, backfield too. I I want to say the Falcons came out, or even or maybe Porterell himself came out and said like they want he's gonna like transition back to wide receiver, but they didn't really address running back other than drafting Tyler Algier. I forgot to say Algier, 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 Algier. Fifth round. I know they bring in Damian Williams, but that's just like not that much talent to. I feel like there's just like lack of direction there. Then defense is abysmal. There's two guys I really love. Uh, AJ Terrell I love. I think he's one of the most underrated players in this league. Um, not talked about enough. And Grady Jarrett as well. He's a very underrated defensive tackle. Other than them two, there's nothing there. Um, I If this season goes as poorly as I predicted at 1-16, if they have like three wins, like if they're very bad... I would not be surprised if AJ Terrell wants out, and that's just going to prolong this uh, this rebuild even further. Uh, because I feel like he deserves to be on a contributing to a very team that's going eyeing for a championship. So, not bright days ahead for Falcons fans, in my opinion. Um, that's what I got, Mitchell. You can go ahead and talk about Desmond Ritter. I think he's going to be starting quarterback by week three. Um, and I think he's going to start off with two wins. Uh, they play the Seahawks in week three, I believe, and the Browns in week four. So I think they're going to start the year two and two. Uh, I think he's going to look the part of a franchise quarterback. I really do. Um you know, I know five wins would indicate that, but I think the wins will be coming. He'll have a pretty good statistical year, I think, for a rookie quarterback. Um, I think, you know, I mean, if they go 1-16, Arthur Smith is going to lose his job. Um, I think they're going to go 5-12, and he'll be given another year, at least, um, because there'll be reason to be helpful because I think they're going to get the quarterback position right. Um, I think the offense will look better in the second half of the year than it does in the first half of the year for sure. And, um, you know, I've talked about Ritter a lot back in the draft process. Um, but he's going to, uh, I don't know. You said the weapons are concerning and like we, we highlighted a couple intriguing pieces, but I don't know. People forget Cordell Patterson had a fantastic year last year. I know he's also getting up there in age, but, uh, I still think he brings a lot of versatility, and um, I don't know. I just think you're, you're, you're going to have to see. That's all. I, that's all I'm going to say. Moving on, last riding out the NFC South last year was the Carolina Panthers. They uh, finished at five and twelve. Yes, five and twelve. They trade for Baker Mayfield. And uh, I have them improving one game, finishing third in the division at six and eleven. Damn, 
Same exact thing. Oh, Scruff and I are locked into this division. Uh, yeah. Other than I think he had Saints two games worse than I did, but I got him at four and thirteen third. Ooh. Okay. Jack just hates the NFC South this year. Can't stand them. Yes, so. Bad. Uh, I personally think Baker is an improvement over last year. Uh, excuse me, their quarterback position uh, play last year for sure. Baker didn't have a good year last year. He was playing hurt for the at least the second half of the season, um, so he looked worse than I think he actually, uh, you know, than he actually is. I think, well, I mean, I think, and I hope to God that Christian McCaffrey is healthy. Uh, but I think he will be. I think he's going to play around 13 to 14 games, which is good for him. Uh, however, I don't think it's going to be enough, and I think it only translates to one more win than last year, and subsequently that means Matt Rule gets fired at the end of the year. Um, I was surprised he didn't get fired this year, to be honest. So that was kind of a shock to me when they brought him back. However, I think he'll be gone after this year. I do think the defense is going to slightly improve. And I think Brian Burns is going to – I think I have him – I think he's going to have 12-plus sacks this year. I think uh, J.C. Horn is going to take a big second-year leap. And uh, it's not going to be a terrible defense, I, I don't think. Uh, I think it's not going to be great, but they're going to they're, – they're, there's going to be some optimism for the defense. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I don't know. They're still a mediocre team. They still got a – still got some holes – and uh, the offensive line's still pretty bad. They addressed it with uh, Aquanu in the first round. That's definitely a step in the right direction. So, um, but I still think they're a year away, at least. Want me to go? Yeah. Hey, Trev, yeah. what'd you have them predicted at? I have same. them at six and eleven, same as Mitchell. Okay. Um, they're not good. They, uh, I. I talked about this on our fantasy show because I was talking about DJ Moore, who I love. And I hate Baker Mayfield. He's one of my least favorite players in the league. Probably my least favorite player in the league. But I agree with Mitchell. I think his play could be an upgrade from their quarterback play last year. Offensive line's bad. Like I'm going to say these names to you. And like they're very unrecognizable. Taylor Moton, Austin Corbett, which is the name. Uh, they're all names, but you know what I mean. Bradley Bo- Bozeman and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> they have they have Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, their first round pick, uh, Ikemikwanu, which I heard he's not really playing that well in preseason so far. Um, we'll see. And I don't know. You get Baker under pressure. Um. I don't, I don't like that combination. Baker, Baker under pressure. Um, McCaffrey's got to stay in the field. Trade for Lavisca Chenault last week, which I, I like a lot. They were really in need of a another, another receiving threat other than DJ Moore. I, Robbie Anderson's a little something, something's up there. I don't know. Doesn't seem to have what he had in in New York. Um, Terrace Marshall's been a disappointment. Mitchell. Um, Defensive side, Brian Burns, I expect, would have a good year. I was had that as well. Um, they got some interesting pieces. Eric Brown, that was a little of a head-scratching draft pick they made in 2020. Defensive tackle, uh, he's not really someone you hear much about. Grant, you don't hear much about his style of player of, uh, in general. 
Um, oh, I really want to say this name. Defensive end from Penn State. Deter Gross Matos. Deter Gross Matos. <laughs> um, and Mitchell mentioned J.C. Horn. I'm glad he did. Uh, other piece in the secondary, I know I have produced in the past, Jeremy Chin, Dante Jackson. So Love Jeremy Chin. Um, you know, there are some pieces that, like, the defense could be shaping up a little bit. Granted, like, I don't trust this coaching staff to do that with Matt Rule. And do you guys know who their offensive coordinator is? Is it uh, Ben McAdoo? Greaseball Ben McAdoo. So, oh boy. Um, I don't know. There's there's a, a lot of weird pieces in this, on this roster and in this organization that I don't like it. I think... I think they're they're bound for at most I think six wins. What you guys had it that's the that's their ceiling in my opinion. Yeah, you guys covered everything pretty much. I think like Arnold Darnold lost like lost them games. I don't think Baker will lose them any games. So it's definitely an upgrade. Um, I there's like position groups that I like on this team. Like you said, like the D line's kind of intriguing. I think, and then I like their secondary with Chin and Jackson and Horn. Uh, but as a whole, this the the best players on their team are all very young, really inexperienced. Um, and I don't like Matt Rule. I I think Matt Rule at every turn here has been not good. There was a preseason game where they have. I mean, you have. I think Corral's hurt now, but at the time, I don't I don't believe he was hurt. You have Darnold, and you had uh, someone else. I forget if that was when they got Baker or not. And he started P.J. Walker in that preseason game. If PJ Walker's the one guy on that team that they've they've seen plenty of PJ Walker. He started like four or five games for them. It's just like I, at every turn, he just he makes odd choices, and I I just don't. He he'd be at the top of my list this season of guys who I think could get the boot um, either midway through the season if they're playing really bad or at the end of the year. But yeah, this team doesn't excite me very much. So six and eleven feels maybe even generous. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Love that nickname, Jack. Greaseball Ben McAdoo. Yeah, it's a good name. All right, last division here. We got the NFC West. Uh, we'll start off with the defending champions, the Los Angeles Rams. They won the division last year at 12 and 5. Um, I have the Rams finishing 10 and 6, 10 and 6, 10 and 7, second place in the division. 10 and 7, second place. Ooh, I'm I'm high on them. I have them 13 and four, top uh, top seed in the NFC. All right, there we go. Uh, you can go first then. Oh, perfect. Um, so obviously, as you can tell, very high on them. Um, for me, it's a few different things. I think you have probably at this point, like I mean, there's other guys that are in contention, but if we're talking like consistency. Winning with different types of teams, I think McVay at this point for me is probably my best head coach in the league. Um, you're returning all of your, I mean, the guys who did, who won it for you last year. You bring Cooper Cup back. You have Matt Stafford back. You have uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey still on the other side of the ball. So you have that star power pretty much at every level of the field. You bring in Bobby Wagner, who obviously in Seattle, like you didn't really hear much about, probably declining a little. But now you put him into this defense that – has a lot of experience, um, a lot of top players, and I think he's going to fit right in. I think he brings a lot, a lot more intelligence to that defense more than they already had. So very excited for him. 
And then obviously you lose. I mean, now the Odell situation is weird. Did he not post like a story talking about he's like coming back or something like that? I don't even know. But either way, you lost Robert Woods, but you bring in Allen Robinson, who I think is going to be a monster this year. Finally has a good quarterback, a good offense to play with, and doesn't have to be a top option. So very excited for him. Um, so overall, uh, I'm going to keep it pretty quick here, but I, would, I will also add you, lo- you lost Andrew Whitworth and Von Miller, so two veteran two veteran guys. But at the end of the day, I think this is a well-oiled machine. Um, definitely a good division here in the West, but I think talent plus coaching-wise, they're still head and shoulders above the rest of the teams in the division. So 13-4. Okay. I have him at 10 and 7, second place. Uh, I think I mentioned it. I don't know if it was last week or even off off the air here. I think I'm a little worried about Stafford's lingering elbow injury. Uh, I feel like there's something fishy going on there, and it's it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. I think it's a little suspicious. So um, I don't know. I, that, that something just seems off to me. And, um, look, I still have them in the playoffs. They're still a wild-card team. I just think uh, the team kind of looks a little off due to uh, the Super Bowl hangover, if you will. And I guess there's been no word about Aaron Donald's suspension, but that could definitely still happen. So. Mm-hmm. Has there really been rumor that he'll be suspended? Yeah. I mean, you would think that it's definitely possible. I haven't heard that at all. I have. Um... And he definitely should. Mitchell must be more tapped in than you are, Jack. Maybe. I don't know. But um, I agree with Mitchell. I think, I mean, we had the same record. I think part of that, for me at least, going into it, we'll hang over a little bit. They lose Andrew Whitworth, who was still good on the offensive line. So I think offensive line is still predicted to be, to be solid, but there's a big piece there. The elbow thing, yeah, I... I I uh, I heard something that's like they never seen what he has, which that's never a good sign. And that's not ideal. I feel like this could be a little bit of Big Ben in 2019. He had a very odd elbow case. Um, I don't know. I don't. I'm just kind of choosing to ignore that a little bit. Um, but we mentioned all the other notable pieces. Bobby Wagner, I don't think people are talking about enough because he was still good at Seattle, like a best linebacker in the league probably. And now he just they have the best defensive, best defensive lineman in general, probably best linebacker, best cornerback. But other than that, like, it's, like it's kind of top heavy. Like they're just, I don't know, but they won the Super Bowl last year, so with this defense, so I mean they could do it again. Um. Yeah, ten and seven. Be fine. Yeah, uh, we move on to the second place team of last year. Not the team that made the NFC Championship, but the Arizona Cardinals were eleven and six. They looked to have the grasp on this um, on this division until the end of the year. They kind of fell off a little bit. Um, I have the Cardinals finishing third at eight and nine. Uh, I have them tied, but nine and eight. So technically second in the division at nine and eight. I forgot. Okay. I'm talking to two guys that love Kyler Murray. I'm, I got the Cardinals at seven and ten. It's not that far off. Third. You're no, one off of each other. Yeah, we're all within one. I mean, seven, ten, eight, nine, nine and eight. Yep. Um, 
let's just uh, sharp one first last time, so we'll go in order of worst to best record. Jack, start us off. Um, I just don't think they're good. I feel like I've said that for every team that I don't think is good. <laughs> yeah, um, that's how you start off every time, at least. You're I mean, like, it's fair. If you don't think they're good, then it's definitely fair to say that they aren't good. Um, the only reason I have seven wins is because I have too much respect for DeAndre Hopkins when he comes back. And I still think they're going to have a good running game with James Conner. I mean, these are just two players I like. Um, the offensive line's not good, which that's alarming. And this defense is like... It's not good. I don't think it's talked about enough, like, how not good it is. Yeah, it's not great. Like, J.J. Watt highlights... Buda Baker highlights their defense, I guess. But, like, other than that, like, Isaiah Simmons has been in kind of a disappointment since 2020. He was drafted. Um, Just really, there's not, like, J.J. Watt is the highlight of this team, this defensive front, and he's not going to play for, like, you can count on him to not play for half the season at this point. I mean, I guess he's solid when he's in there, but it's just, he's not in there. Um, With a bad offensive line, that's just, like, for very erratic play. Um, Tyler Murray, I don't know, guys. <laughs> that I mean, we, we... I don't know if we've talked about his contract here. I talked about it with Mitchell off-air. Um, I think the whole... It was a little... I don't agree with them taking out taking it out just because, you know, he got like backlash on social media about it. Like first off, it was in there for a reason. You can say it was overblown. Like no contract has in the history of football, I imagine, has had that clause in there. So there had to be some some concern about his commitment. Um he even said himself like not a guy who's gonna like spend hours of watching film or something like that. Like, it's not something you want to hear. Um, Cliff Kingsbury kind of—I'm sure you guys saw—like stuck him with play calling duty during preseason game. I feel like just to like—I don't know. There, there's some disconnect there between Cliff and and Kyler. Um, I don't I don't think it's all sunshine and rainbows over there. And I don't know. I, I don't trust this trust this team structurally of Kingsbury I never really liked as a head coach he didn't do well at Texas A&M never really believed in the NFL and I feel like it's going to start crashing down this season and he may be on his way out maybe next year even though they did extend him so I take that back I forgot so that was like a weird weird vote of confidence they put in Cliff Kingsbury which he hasn't really has he really earned that contract I don't think so. I, I don't know. I think that was a little preemptive signing, in my opinion. I I would I think he is gonna get. They're gonna let him go, which can that even happen? I mean, your head coach's salary doesn't like count. It's not like a part of your like cap space. Yeah, I think I think you can still can him. Yeah, I think he'll go because they're not gonna make the playoffs according to my prediction. Um. But, you know, he had, I mean, he took the team from, like, five, what they have, like, five wins his first year to eight wins his second year to 11 wins his third year. 
So they have gotten better every season. It doesn't feel like they have, though. Yeah, it doesn't feel like yeah. it because like they start out good, but then they just end horribly. Shreff, did you send me that stat on like those his like his finishes, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's finishes, like going dating back to like 2012 with Like he has notoriously yeah, like something... awful second half. Like his winning percentage in the second yeah, half like... season is so so bad. He's like a he's like a bottom tier coach in the second half of season that dates back to like his college coaching. Right. And like once it's just you have to imagine like they uh once teams get filming them, like they don't really like adapt well. That that has to be a sign of, yeah. of Cliff Kingsbury. Like he can't adapt well. He's not that imaginative and creative. Like maybe his I don't know, his schemes aren't that deep. Like I feel like that's somewhat indicative of, of that stat. Well, they're going to go 8-9 because Kyler's going to ball, but they're going to be limited because, the, like you said, the defense is kind of lacking talent. So that's where I have them. It's, it's tough. they got to play the 49ers and Rams twice uh, a year. That's that's a little tough. Um, yeah, offensive line's not good. Kyler kind of masks that with his mobility for sure. Um, but... Yeah, right around five hundred. I feel like is is uh, right where is appropriate. So I agree with everything. Um, kind of excited to see Marquise Brown and Kyler oh. together. I think he gives them a like they they have Rondale Moore and all that, but like Brown and him already have that connection. And Brown is like legit, just throw it up and he's gonna try to run under it. So I'm excited to see that. Um, also drafted Trey McBride. So I don't know. I'm interested to see. They, I think he. I think it took him in the second round. So I'm interested to see if maybe they decide to do maybe some more two tight end sets with him and Ertz out there. I think that could be interesting. Um, so the offense has pieces that I'm excited to see, but as we said before, the defense just isn't good. And I think I think Cliff Kingsbury has the potential to actually lose them games. Um, so nine and eight is where I have him because I still think they overall have a pretty talented team, but I think. Kingsbury's gonna coach them right out of uh, having a good, rec- like a good overall record. So yeah, do want to just say that, go that really quickly. Like they have good offensive weapons for what it's worth. Like mm-hmm. that re- that pass catching group. Hopkins after six weeks. Um, Arkies Brown, who it, Jeff mentioned him connection with Kyler, first round former first round pick. Uh, Zach Ertz had a good career, solid pass catcher for years. Uh, Rondell Moore, Shreff mentioned, former second-round pick. People aren't really talking about. He has talent. Trey McBride, also second-round pick. AJ Green's still there, which, I mean, I know he's really old, but he's still, like, he's got something there. So, like, there's definitely some... James Conner, who I love, I still think he's going to be good at the backfield. So there's pieces there. It's just the lack of defense and offensive line just never goes well. All right. Last team, Seattle Seahawks. They finished with a 7-10 record last year. Not the last team. Oh, shoot. We forgot about the 49ers. My bad. Oh, yeah. 49ers are next. They're third. They were 10-7 and last year. Made the NFC Championship game and almost made the Super Bowl, which is crazy to think about. Um, I have the 49ers 10-7 winning the division. Same as Mitchell. I have uh, 9-8 and eight and tied for second in the division with the Cardinals. Okay, there we go. Uh, my word on the 49ers here is it's, it's conflicting, right? Because 
I have I wrote down here Trey Lance. I think he's going to take the league by storm in the first half of the season. He's going to look like an MVP candidate, but his passing struggles will fester in the second half, and the teams will start to kind of figure out his mobility. Um, however, Jack shared a stat in our group chat that he's only thrown like what three hundred something passes in the past since high school. Or, since high school, he's thrown three hundred something passes, which is kind of concerning. Um, I feel like it's I don't know. He might be rusty, so it's tough. He does get the Bears and Seahawks the first two weeks, so two easy matchups to kind of ease him into his. NFL, uh, I know he started a couple games last year, but as the uh, solidified number one QB. So it, um, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm kind of putting my faith into Kyle Shanahan, who I definitely criticized a lot last season, but he kind of earned my respect for kind of taking this team Amen. to the NFC Championship game. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm in on him now. For sure. So I'm going to assume that he got Trey Lance right. And he better hope he did too, because it was, it was a gutsy call to kind of trade up to that number three spot um, last draft and, and take him there. So I think it'll pay off. I think they'll win the division. Um, I do have him starting off really hot and kind of cooling off a lot during the second half of the season. But uh, Trey. Trey Lance is going to show flashes for sure. And I think he'll be a great fantasy pick because of his mobility. So, so is the, I have them winning the division, though. It's, it's a great roster overall, though. Um, Debo's back. Their front seven is an absolutely nasty. And, uh, you know, not much weaknesses. Trent Williams still at the top of his game. And, uh, and yeah, so it, it's a strong roster overall. Yep, I agree with everything. I love Trey Lance. The the one thing that worries me, um, I know from a team perspective, bringing Jimmy back on that deal is a good thing, but I worry that if Lance maybe struggles early on, that, I mean, obviously the coaching staff might be talking about it, but even the fans will be talking about it. And I just like, when you invest this much into a into a young quarterback, it worries me that you have that possible distraction looming uh, over his head the whole time. Um, I'm hoping he plays well. I think if Lance does play well, I think that nine and eight record maybe bumps up to like a 10 and seven, uh, 11 and six type of deal. Cause like you said, the rest of the roster is still solid. Um, Niners defense is about as consistent as you get across the league. Um, D'Amico Ryan seems like he's a really good de- defensive coordinator. Um, so excited for them again. And then on offense, you still have Debo. Sounds like Lance and Brandon Ayuk have become fast friends, so definitely interested to see if he uh, can continue. Well, can start having success because for me last year that was the most confusing thing ever, and that I think that actually is kind of what started my Al Shanahan hate before he turned that around for me. But the whole like not playing Brandon Ayuk thing was definitely a head scratcher at first. Um, yeah, overall this uh, nine and eight, but I think a lot of room to improve based on the quarterback play. So definitely an exciting team. Um, two th- main things I want to address. Uh, so what Shref said about the quarterback situation with uh, them bringing Garoppolo back and how that could possibly have an effect on Trey Lance's development and confidence this season. Um, I'm not worried about that at all. 
they the Niners have been pretty transparent about what they planned on doing with their quarterback room going into like this whole offseason, I feel like they were tra- actively trying to trade Jimmy G. They told him that he was okay with that. Everyone involved in this has handled this whole situation very professionally, and I feel like okay. a lot of other quarterbacks, K. Baker Mayfield, could have uh, organizations as well like handled this very poorly. Um, and the only reason he wasn't dealt, he would have been traded if he didn't have shoulder surgery this off season. Teams were kind of, I guess, if they didn't want to trade for a quarterback. I don't really get why, but want to trade for a quarterback that uh I guess we're going through whatever he's going through, but um it's the only reason why he's back. Couldn't cut him for cap reasons. It would have not it just would not have made sense. So um now Trey Lance, I don't he's not like I don't love Trey Lance. I don't really have too much of an opinion on Trey Lance to be honest. I I really just want to see him in a larger capacity before I make judgment on him. Um however I think he could be pedestrian, and this team's going to have 10 wins just because how good this defense is. Like It has potential to be the, the best in the league, no doubt. Um, trust the coaching staff. Trust the other... I trust the weapons he has to throw to on offense. Um, and Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk. So, yeah, I, I don't think... He could still just like not even be good, and they're going to have 10 wins. Think can have ten wins. All right, there you have it. Um, we'll move on to now. We'll move on to our final team, the Seattle Seahawks, who were seven and ten last year. Uh, I have the Seahawks finishing last, of course, at four and thirteen. Uh, this is my worst team in football. I have them at two and fifteen. Four and thirteen. Uh, we'll let Shref go first as his worst team in football. So go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, it all starts with it all starts with the head coach. Um, I think I've been pretty vocal about it. Definitely talking to people, but I feel like on this as well. I feel like I've said it before. I think I think Pete Carroll is like maybe at least four seasons overdue in terms of being the head coach of this team. I think. Uh, he completely squandered those last couple of years of Russell Wilson. Um, and it was absurd to me that he continued to just run the ball 30 times a game. And with Lockett and with DK, just could not figure it out. Gave him no offensive line. Just just bad drafting and bad coaching all around these last couple of seasons, in my opinion. Um, now you lose Russell Wilson, and now you have a QB battle between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Neither of those are good options whatsoever. Um, and then if we're looking at just roster as a whole, the line is still bad. Uh, drafted Charles Cross, who, like, they finally addressed something with that. But, I mean, still a rookie and still playing with an offensive line that isn't very good. So it's going to be tough to kind of judge him after one season. And then on defense, there's just uh, not much going on, boys. Uh, Jamal Adams, I guess, is technically your your big player. And even he, like, is known as, like, arguably the most overrated player in the NFL just in terms of how much uh, – production he actually provides like in the safety role and then you have jordan brooks who I actually like as a linebacker uh definitely going to be a good player but just there's just no talent here i think it's worst roster possibly combined with 
one of the worst coaches in football at the moment. Um, I understand Pete Carroll's like had success before, but this was a team when they were successful was built on defense and that defense isn't there anymore. So I, I think they're going to struggle this year, especially in this division where the other three teams have a legitimate playoff like situation on their hands. So I, I think two and 15 is obviously mean. Uh, it's not, not many wins, but like, I think at most they win four games maybe. Wow, Shreff did not mince words about Meat Carroll. No, I, I don't Pete. like Pete Carroll at all. Pete Pete, Carroll. Yeah, I don't like Meat Carroll at all. Sorry. Uh, all right. Um, so I have him at 4 and 13. Uh, I mean, you know, there's not really much else to say. I mean, there's this talent, this roster is a bottom three roster in the NFL. Really bad. Uh, Tyler Lockett should absolutely get out of there if he can. You should trade him if they were smart. They got sure. like they need picks. They have no yeah, one. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, he's he's an older receiver now. He can still be productive. He could still have a little bit of value. Um, so he just doesn't make sense for the trajectory of this team whatsoever. So I think it would be a good mutual decision on both parties to part ways. Nothing against him, and I don't think he'd take it's it personally. Good. So, um, imagine him in Green Bay. No, get awesome. brother Green Bay. Green Bay even, like, I mean, think about like Kyler in Arizona. Like, like having him as the deep threat. Like, there's a lot of imagine having it's anywhere but Seattle. Literally, <laughs> imagine having. Oh, I mean, they wouldn't really trade him in division, most likely. But yeah, having Hollywood Lockett and Hopkins. Yeah, like it's, it's just stuff. any other team but the team that he's on. It's a shame. It's same with DK. Like, I feel so bad for DK. Right, he signed, he signed the paper. He's there for the next. I know he did. It's his own. It's his yeah, own. He, yeah, he's got to lay in it, but he makes more sense because he's obviously younger, so they can. He just want to get money. The... I get it, but who prior request a trade in like a year or two if it keeps going that like too, this? But in theory, though, you know, he could still be around. If I don't know, if, if they drafted a quarterback next year and he turned out to be really good, that 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 really, you know, speeds up your rebuild a lot. So. In theory, they could turn it around in like two years, probably. And DK is still whatever; he'd only be like twenty six at the time, so he could still definitely be there when they're good, in theory. Um, but you know that they would have to hit on a, a major draft pick. So anyway, there's not much else to say. I mean, I think they're going to be they're going to they're going to be pretty bad. Four thirteen is uh is yeah not good at all. That's my third worst team. Um, I won't add too much. I had them at yeah. I said I had them at four and thirteen. Um, Jack, you got to say your famous line. Go. Oh, I don't think they're very good. Very good. <laughs> um, no, I was actually going to argue a little bit for them though. I, I, the roster is abysmal. No talent, as you both outlined. Geno Smith isn't good. This this talent, this roster is abysmal. Yeah. Geno Smith isn't good. Mm. I feel like he can scratch and claw. Ah, come on, man. I feel like he can, like he can scratch and claw. And who he's throwing to, like, the these pass-catching weapons is, like, top, I'm not going to say number, but they're good. They're very good. Like, matter they're they're gonna run it 30 times a game it doesn't matter that's true they're comparable like if you if we were just had, had a bracket of 
pass catchers. Receiving duos, yeah, they're up there. This is a, this is a Super Bowl contending roster we had, but mm-hmm. Tyler Lock is one of the best receivers at getting creating space and getting open. DK is one of the best at contested catch and just most physical. Ofant is a very good athlete and a very high prospect. Like he, there's a lot of intrigue there. No, not many are talking about. Apparently, he's like great in camp from what I've from what I've seen. So like, I could see them like. As like a, I know a lot of people are like staying off them fantasy wise. I feel like there's a lot of garbage time potential for those for those three. So, I'll write them off in my opinion. I'm not gonna say anything else. This team's really bad. So okay. so bad. So bad. Thanks for trying to make the case there, Jack. I know it was tough. Yeah. Um. They're Super Bowl yeah, contenders last... in terms of wide receivers. Yeah, they uh they have 32nd ranked PFF offensive line too. So. They're rolling out Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, Austin Blythe, Gabe Jackson, and Abraham Lucas. So, not the stalwarts that you would want to hear. Um, okay, that is every team. We're going <laughs> to transition here to the awards, um, and then we'll do our playoffs, and then we'll round up this behemoth of an episode. What an so, episode it was. It is still. Uh, we're going to go with Coach of the Year first. Um we don't have to like really. I mean, I feel like we kind of know. I don't maybe know, just we, give maybe just give like a sentence or two to argue why why you, right. Because I feel like we kind of know how we feel about these players. Um, We've also covered most of these guys at this point now, just from talking about the teams too. That's true. So, coach of the year, um, my pick is. I don't know. I'm still. I mean, I, I feel like you can figure. I'm either going to say Kevin O'Connell or Dan Campbell. But I'm going to go with Dan Campbell because if they actually went 10 and 7, like they would have to give him the award just for that major turnaround. So Dan Campbell is my pick. But I do like Kevin O'Connell too. If you can go. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm between two. Uh, do I want to be biased or not? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be biased anytime else during these awards. So I'll be biased now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Sirianni. Um, there's a few guys I was debating between for me what what sells it for him. I think like they they seem to have a pretty clear path to having a good record and I think last season he should have been more in consideration for that award. Like last year I think he deserved it way more than he would deserve it this year just in terms if we're talking roster versus record and we're talking Hurts first year. Um so now the pieces are in place, I think if they win this division and win it win it pretty comfortably, I think he would have a a pretty good chance at winning that. Yeah, who won it last year? I don't remember. Uh, ooh, I don't even know who it was actually. Because I mean, yeah, he has a really strong case. They were like they were a four-win team in 2020. That's what maybe I mean. Like, it may maybe it was Vrabel. Vrabel, they were the one seed. I'm pretty sure it was Vrabel. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's a good pick too. You're right, Jack, and I think he did deserve it. So that's a good point. You know, uh, I'm not I, I'm not saying that he necessarily deserved it last year, but I thought he should have been more talked about in that race last year. I feel like he wasn't even really brought up. That's true. Okay. Fair enough. Jack, who's your coach in here? Um, was I'm between two. And since Mitchell didn't say Kevin O'Connell, I feel like I have to because yeah. I've been I've been on him since whenever we had that, that show when he got hired, like in March maybe. So I feel like I have to pick Kevin O'Connell. Although I really wanted to pick... Uh, Brandon Staley, 
just because I think the Chargers are going to finally put together this year, and it's going to be a tribute to him. Oh, I like him a lot, so I hope that happens, but I'm going with O'Connell. Okay. I'm back player of the year. I have uh, Christian McCaffrey. I have Michael Thomas. Ooh, spicy. Mm-hmm. I need you guys. I need you guys to. If you have any comments on this, I I, I, I need like I need like thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, I mean, I said it before. I think McCaffrey's going to play at least thirteen games. And uh, I mean, he has shown no decline when he's been on the field. It's just been the availability that's been the, you know, the Achilles' heel. Uh, but if he plays fourteen to fifteen games, I mean, this guy's just—he's an absolute machine. Like he's going to put up the numbers. So if he's healthy, then he's—I think he's like almost a lock almost for the award. I was just pulling up what I had written down. I couldn't decide. I couldn't remember who I chose, and it was between those two, Thomas and McCaffrey, and I had Thomas. It's because well, rooting for him, my fantasy team. Uh, I want to believe he'll stay healthy, and I mean, if he if he puts up like twelve hundred yards, eleven hundred yards, I think is in the realm of possibility. He will have. I think he should be deserving of this for yeah. two years. I was gonna say the same thing. Like he, if assuming health the whole year, like he's pretty much guaranteed at least a thousand and prop, maybe double digit touchdowns. But like. I think especially with the receivers that they brought in, I think it takes attention away from him, which is probably a good thing in the in, in the long run. How is he a lock for a double dip touchdown? He's never had double dip touchdown. I'm not saying a lock. I just I I I more meant yeah. I, I it's in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Too bad McCaffrey's also gonna have a thousand yards, but he's also gonna have a thousand yards rushing too. That's 80. fun. Defensive rookie of the year. I think I'll go last. Odds wise, this may be the most disparity between first and second. I'm going with the the favorite. I'm going with Hutchinson. Uh, I'll I'll play devil's advocate. I think if it would take a lot because I think the voters would have to vote in a little bit of a different way for this guy to win. But if we're talking like straight up like shutting down people the whole year, I think Sauce Gard I think Sauce Gardner has a has a shout in the race. Yeah, he was a. I have for the rest of these, I have my pick and then some other bets that I like. And yeah. Sauce was the, one of the ones that I like. So like it, it seems from what I all I've heard in training, like he's locked everyone down. Yeah, so like I, yeah. I don't know if he's gonna have the stat. Like he might not have the interceptions or like things like that. But I think if we're talking like straight up like completion percentage or just like throws going his way, I think he would have a, a good argument. That's fair. Um, okay. Offensive rookie of the year. Draft. This is assuming that something happens, um, but I figured one of us is going to do it, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Give me Kenny. Give me Kenny all day. Jack? Um, I'm not going to choose Kenny. Though I did wager on him, um, yeah, of course he did. I'm gonna. I know who Mitchell's gonna take. I'm gonna go James Cook. Ooh, I like that. You don't know who I'm gonna take, Jack. Right, then you're not gonna. Then you're not picking Damian Pierce. Uh no, I'm taking Chris Olave. Okay, I had him Ooh. written down too. I like that. Uh, some other, bets, Hall of. other no. bets I like. I like Kenny Pickett. I like George Pickens. 
I like Damian Pierce and I like Desmond Ritter. So those are my other bets that I like. Um, brief word on Kenny Pickett. Not my choice. Just see, he the only way he has like legitimate shot to win this, I think, is if he's starting like by week three. And I don't know if that that's yeah, not that's a guarantee I'm early on. Um, because no. I think. I think these running backs are going to produce a lot in Cook and Pierce, so it's going to make it kind of tough for him to get it. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, that's a player of the year. Pick Bosa. This is my, this pick is my pick with the longest shot odds, by the way. Okay. Oh, interesting. I have Nick Bosa. If you... Yeah, I like that pick. Keep it chalk. Give me Donald again. My pick is Max Crosby. Whoa. 28 to 1. Whoa. Also, like I wrote down bets, I like Nick Bosa at 15 to 1. And I just I just said Brian Burt's 50 to 1, just because I said he had 12 plus sacks. So maybe he'll, mm. I don't know, maybe like the 15 to 16 range. Um, offensive player of the year. Hate this award. <laughs> uh, I picked. Uh, I, I have. I have Justin Jefferson. I think this award should just be like the best non-quarterback. Pretty, pretty much is. should be ineligible. It's not pretty much is because half the time, I think literally half the time, in the past ten years, it's been who MVP has also won this. Not this time. Stupid. You don't have Justin Jefferson winning MVP, sure. No, I don't have him winning MVP. Uh, I, well, I will say it now. I, I also have Justin Jefferson at 15 to oh, yeah. 1. Um, I don't want to give him an MVP pick. I think he's going to also win this. So, Okay, you can well, skip. Um, Mitchell, do you, have, do you have the odds in front of you? Do you have some of the odds? Uh, I have, for every one of my picks, I also have them on those odds, but I can just get on DraftKings. I, I mean, I I want to know the other one that I would consider, depending on his odds, would be Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is 18 to 1. Okay. Jefferson actually moved up to 12 to 1 since I wrote that down. So Those would be those would be my top two picks. I, I feel like they're both going to have, like, I mean, because last year, what, was Cup win it last year, or was it? It was Cup. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like it could be similar to that in that sense. Also like uh, Christian McCaffrey at twenty five to one. I also like Najee Harris at sixty to one, just Monday. because I feel like it's really long and he's going to get so much volume. So you could definitely compile stats. Uh, MVP. I think Jack and I have the same guy, possibly. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. Is it Mr. Lamar, Jack? It is Mr. Lamar? Nice. All freaky. Yeah. Lamar is. Twenty to one. Last time I wrote, when I wrote it down, I don't know if he moved since. That was a couple of days oh, ago. Yeah. When I wrote it down. Uh, is still twenty to one. I mean, we we talked about him. I think he returns to form this year. I think he's going to be a threat with both arm and legs, which I think also gives him some some differentiation in terms of the voting. There you go. He was one of the bets I like. I like Jalen Hurts at twenty to one. I like Lamar Jackson at twenty one. Um, but I already like said that, my, to me, I pick. it was the first team we talked about. It was Josh Allen. Uh, yeah. he's a favorite, but I have unanimous MVP, Josh Allen. Did you say Hertz and Lamar have the same odds? 
Yep, they're both twenty to one. You see, I think that's crazy. I think, I, I think Lamar's odds should be way better than Hertz's are. Yeah, Lamar's hungry. Yeah, he doesn't have to poop anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'll read the top uh, twelve. Josh Allen six and six uh, sixty-five. Uh, what am I saying? Six hundred fifty plus six hundred fifty. There we go. I had a mini stroke there. Uh, Tom Brady second at plus eight fifty. Herbert nine to one. Mahomes nine to one. Rogers ten to one. Burrow twelve to one. Russ fourteen to one. Dak sixteen to one. Stafford sixteen to one. Hertz and Lamar at twenty to one, and Kyler also at twenty to one. Yeah, Lamar should be over like half of those dudes that maybe more than half of those dudes that are all, that are above him there. That's crazy. But I also think it's crazy that um, let's see, what was I looking at earlier? That yeah, there's something crazy. I think like how crazy are we talking? I don't know. Like if they had no, it wasn't this. It was offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. The, the reason why I like Najee Harris so much is to what type of a low had better odds than Najee for offensive player of the year. That shit yeah. doesn't seem like it's going to happen, like, you know? Yeah, just quarterback <laughs> bias really playing in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like that's just nuts. Like, there's no way. Najee also has the same odds as uh, Deshaun Watson, who missed 11 games, and Hunter Redford. So weird. I don't know. Yeah, that just really makes sense. Um, all right. So that's the awards uh, segment. We're kind of quick. Um, but now we're just going to do the playoffs. So do you guys want to read me your one through seven seeds in each conference? How about we just yeah. each give one through seven real quick and then do that. And then we'll each go around our conference championships and then winner. I'm good with that. How about, okay. okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. I'll go first. Well, AFC. Let's, let's each do AFC, and then we'll do NFC. AFC. One, Bills. Two, Chargers. Three, Ravens. Four, Colts. Five, Raiders. Six, Bengals. Seven, Chiefs. Uh, one, Bills. Two, Raiders. Three Ravens, four Titans, five Chiefs, six Broncos, seven Bengals. Bills one, Bengals two, Chiefs three, Colts four, um, Ravens. Sorry, no, no, no. I, sorry, I, I, I was drawing a blank there. Let me, let me repeat. Bills one, Bengals two, Chiefs three, Colts four, Steelers five, Ravens six, and Chargers seven. Okay, NFC, NFC, have one Bucks, two Vikings, three Forty Niners, four Eagles, five Packers, six Rams, seven Lions. I have Rams one. Vikings two, Bucks three, Eagles four, Packers five, Cowboys six, Cardinals seven. I've got Eagles one, Vikings two, Bucks three, 49ers four, 
Packers five, Rams six, Lions seven. Two Lions. The Lions are sneaking in. Uh, conference championships, and then the winner, and then the Super Bowl. My AFC Conference Championship is Bills over Ravens. And my NFC is Packers over Bucks. I have I have the opposite of Jack. I have the Ravens over the Bills in the AFC. And then in the NFC I have the Rams over the Vikings. Okay. I have Bills over the Chiefs in the AFC. That's the game, game. And then we have the Bucks over the Eagles in the NFC. Ooh. So Jack has. I have Bucks Bills Super Bowl. Packers Bills. Shreff has Ravens Rams. Yep. Oh, interesting matchups. So I couldn't take the. I I did Bills. I did Bills over Packers. Okay. I have Bucks over Bills. I took the Ravens over the Rams. Oh. Mar going to get right. paid. I think he's bringing him to the promised land. He's going to get a huge payday. He's, he's going to poop on great. everyone. He's going to poop on everyone. There you have it, folks. Um, <laughs> what a way to end this. Literally, this is a four and a half hour show. I can't the believe time. it. Longest in history. The time. Ref. I can't wait Here. for next week. Um, and it's the 200th episode of the Hogline podcast. Wow. And uh, one that I will never forget. So <laughs> thank you, everyone. I'm sure no one listened to this entire episode, but if you even listen to a part of it, we thank you very much. We're very appreciative. Um, and football's back, everyone. So mm-hmm. enjoy. It's a great. He just like. Wow. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. You really, you really just like die at the last hour. The timing couldn't have been worse. Did uh, what part did I get cut off? Um, cut out, I cut out as you were like, like signing off. Yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, that's what I always say at the end of every episode. Do you guys have anything else to add before before we yeah. yeah. comes football? Yeah, down Santa yeah, Claus football. Lane. No football. Here comes I feel like we're getting the lyrics here in hour four. Yeah. <laughs> That's a sign. We need to end this. Yeah, I think we um, All right. Uh be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast and TikTok at Hogline Podcast. And uh we will see you next week for First installment of Lock of the Week, a prequel to Eagles Ran of the Week, and uh, maybe a few other segments. Uh, so we'll catch you next time. Yeah.